Hi, this is Rob, a.k.a. Black One from Rob's Garage Podcast. For those of you who don't know, we're a collection of friends who met as kids and remain friends to this day. Our lifelong bond formed around music, willingness to explore new things together, and of course, our unique brand of humor. We hope you enjoy the show, and please follow us on all social media platforms under the name Rob's Garage Podcast, and be sure to listen to us on all streaming music platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Music, and iTunes, to name a few. From drinking 40s to being 40, old friends reconvene where it started as teens. Rob's Garage. Episode five coming at us. We're back. Wow, we've added, we've reassembled part of the Voltron. Almost there. Yeah. So we uh, we added Sean Ill back in the mix. What's up? Yes, sir. Here I am. <laughs> Tattoo convention across the street. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do it. We got inked up. That Colt forty five tattoo is kind of you know ready gonna be. It's gonna be. <laughs> Famosa Rooster. That's right. Yeah, that's the nice one. As you heard in the beginning, the, our new intro, Black One, Rob of Rob's Garage. Reading copy. There we go. And then Christian, back in the house. Hi. How are you? Okay. Happy, <laughs> happy President's Day weekend, guys. Hell yeah. Oh, shit, you yeah. guys all got off tomorrow? I do. We do. We do. Do not. Do not. It sucks. Yeah. Well, we... Uh, uh, there's never really a day off, at, you know, it's just, you know, where you are in the office, out of the office. I want to apologize in advance because I'm, I'm going to, speaking of a day off, I feel like I'm the snot-nosed kid that should have stayed home at school and battling this cold. My mother told me that I wasn't allowed to come to school today. <laughs> Licking your nose. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> interesting thing happened over the uh, the last week since we uh, we, uh, we we last recorded and we've been getting some pretty good response on our social media pages, in, uh, Instagram in particular. And uh, intern Dan's been doing a great job of posting all the edits and uh, the videos and some of the sound clips. And um, we've we've assembled quite the following. Yes, under a hundred. You know, we're 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 peaking at at about eighty followers right now, but that's okay. It's more about the content, not the followers. Uh, but in any event, we were going through the uh, the feed and. Um, you know, we had posted a, a, a cartoon character of uh, Bismarck Key just randomly, just, you know, just kicking it old school. And lo and behold, you know, with the Instagram stories, you can see who, uh, you know, who's viewing the pages. And the official diabolical Bismarck Key took a, le- <laughs> took a look. The diabolical one. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, many of us know or many, many people know us as uh, pretty big indie music fans and uh as we learned last week chris a big dolly parton fan i apologize for all those <laughs> remarks she's hey. still going strong wasn't she like a winner at the grammys or something i saw her on tv recently yeah yeah, yeah she Oops, she shit. did a song with i think lady gaga and um i didn't see it i should yeah. have somebody said how do you look so good and she was like well little nip little tuck <laughs> <laughs> does she look she's, good though i mean well, at she, this point think she, she looks kind of plastic but she kind of owned up to it a little bit yeah, yeah no it's she's um it's funny because after you had said that you know you've opened the world's eyes to dolly parton i guess so that was but, good timing uh, huh very good timing but uh, I, I was I, just thinking chris must be a breast man <laughs> <laughs> well, i guess i am well, well that too 
Um, as a teenager, there's no other reason to watch nine, <laughs> nine to five. <laughs> there really a lot is of no people. reason. Dolly Parton picking up that pen that, that fell on the floor. <laughs> Jane Fonda was in that. Come on. Yeah, well, okay. Nobody like Lily Tomlin? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw some uh, some other old interviews, and like she was very self-deprecating. She's like, hey, y'all, I know people make fun of me, but I'm confident. I have ability. Mm-hmm. I dress crazy. I do what I want. You know, so it's like you got to respect that. Yeah, she's real. Yeah. yeah well, and she said she had plastic surgery, but she's not trying to hide it. So no. that's cool. Yeah. You got to give a shout out to Dolly. Um, I'm still a little taken that, you know, you, you kind of chat on uh, MJ, but whatever. King of pop. No big deal. I, I get it. Man, if people, own, if, I, if people I could call in, I know I would get it. Did you, I didn't whatever. own any Michael Jackson back in the day either. It never, never. I mean, it was all, yeah. all around us. Maybe you guys, I'm the oldest head here, and Bill and I are the, like the oldest, and Dan would always make fun of how old we were, you know, back in the day. But uh, So I remember, I guess it was sixth grade or seventh grade when Michael Jackson, when Thriller came out, like, if you didn't love Thriller, then there was something wrong with you as a kid, like you were retarded or, you know what I mean? <laughs> I but think maybe it's you guys hindsight. were younger, and it's so just that was It's just in hindsight, looking back at it right now, it's just... I find it very difficult to listen to them. I'm not mm. going to go back and rehash episode four. Those are my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Don't look back. Don't yeah. look back. So anyway, um, so yeah, as as uh, most people that know us understand that, you know, we had a bit of a niche. Uh, and you know what? And dare I say, we could have been classified more, more so you guys, but the original hipsters, you know, with, without the whole pomp and circumstance of what being a hipster is now today, sure. I, I think. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were... <laughs> Craft beers were 40s. And, you know, PBR, I mean, that was well-stocked in Rob's garage fridge. Uh, but anyway, so our uh, the, the indie music sort of niche that we all bonded and really became friends over uh, really established somewhat of our identity as, as kids and, and in high school and what have you. But I think what most people would be surprised is our real love and passion for, for old-school hip-hop. Uh, in no particular. doubt. Yeah. So with Biz Marquee, uh kind of peeping and bro- you know browsing on our, our page, I think, A, we have to give a shout out to the Diabolical because not only did he put out many great records, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, he was uh, always a uh, an add-in to whether it's a, a Beastie Boys track, a, a Tribe track, or even uh, De La Soul. That's you know? where so I first heard him. Was it, you know, on uh, Check Your Head? Yeah. You didn't hear the, the uh, You Got What I Need yeah. back before uh, look, that? No, which one came out first? I, I think the Biz came out. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, yeah, way Biz before that. The Nuge on uh, April 92 or whatever when that album came out. See, but that's the thing. You know, yeah. everyone knows she's just a friend, right? Yeah. Like, everyone knows that. But also, 1993 is now being touted as one of the best years of hip-hop, you know, with the, the release so. of... Midnight Marauders. Midnight Marauders down. and uh, 36 Chambers. But... What most people don't understand, Biz Marquis' All Samples Cleared also came out in 1993, which <laughs> happened to be my favorite record. That's what For I remember. real? That's your favorite? I get a, I get a <laughs> Not of all time. My no, big favorite Biz. Biz. I know. Every but, once in a while, I get a chuckle of thinking of Jim in some billionaire's office doing what he does, selling what he does, and then thinking of him in the Chrysler LeBaron with the Bismarcky All Samples Cleared album cover with the, with him with the judge thing and yelling at somebody. Yeah, look behind you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm a little bummed. And, you know, Apple Music, you need to get your stuff together because this needs to be on the platform. But 
Uh, what, I guess all samples weren't clear. Yeah. Uh, it's not on iTunes. It's not on Spotify either. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those, like, I, same no. thing with the De La Soul songs. So anyway, um, Sean had said that you had a couple of songs that you wanted to, um, you know, call out, which I'm happy to play. But of all the Bismarck, so you never knew, Rob, uh, she's just a friend. No, no, I definitely did. Um, maybe I'm getting my times mixed up. I thought that came after. I thought my first introduction was... Uh, when would that be? Was that was probably in the, wasn't that maybe late it was 80s? before? No, no I, be late. I think it was like 89, 88. Yeah. Oh, was like it? That, then yeah. it must have been before. Then I guess I knew who he was. Yeah, before that's then. an old school one. I what was the video? Was like uh, didn't he have like a Mozart kind of thing on I don't playing? Know, he was piano? running around a college so. campus. Or yeah. something. was he? No, oh, got my got my business up. See, my thing is uh, the song "Vapors," which is mm-hmm. basically you know the real song is like a woman. She's a gold digger. She gets, you know, she gets a sniff that this guy's got some money. <laughs> so she's coming after him. And Bismarcky says, she caught the vapors. But I use it now, like, all the time. All the time. Like, all the fucking time. Like, my wife is sick. I'm like, yo, maybe you got the vapors. <laughs> or, like, a kid's been absent, you know, in class a couple of days. I'm like, where's Emma? And someone's like, oh, she's really sick. I'm like, yo, I guess she got the vapors. <laughs> or if I know a girl's, like, now dating a boy in class, I'm like, yo, I guess she got the vapors. <laughs> so it's universal. Going? This, this is definitely top ranking. Can you feel it? Nothing can save you, but this is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what yeah. I'm going to do is tell you how they spread it throughout my crew. Well, you all know T.J. Swan, who sang on my records. Make the music nobody be so good. Well, it's check a it. really Back good record. He's good. Wait, and of course, though. So the, the other thing, too, is <laughs> what m- most people don't realize is uh, I think with Bismarck Key albums or songs, there's so many one-liners yeah. Like so many one lines. So one of my personal favorites, like back in the day in that Chrysler LeBaron with all samples cleared was I'm ugly. Yeah. I mean, th- this, this could be not only a, a comedy record, but like so many disses to it, like self deprecating. It's so good. To the bone. Back in the days, I'm not gonna lie, they used to say I'm ugly, a hurting guy. They would crack on my lips and my powder said I look like yuck without the house or weird how. Junior high or high school, they thought I was retarded. He said that he thought I was retarded. Yeah, it's so funny though, and um. You know, Sean, I know that you're on Apple Music and uh, you follow some of the the, uh, the Echo Chamber, Mike D's channel. Mm-hmm. So every now and again, he'll do like a themed show. Mostly it's just, you know, whoever's the guest, mm-hmm. he'll kind of frame out the uh, the show. But um, when it comes to the Beastie Boys, like he did a 20th anniversary of Hello Nasty uh, album. And so with that, they they basically, you know, they called Ad Rock. They called, you know, I think... Um, Mark Caldano, like the keyboard player, they called him from France, and then Bismarcky called. And so Mike D was telling this story, like when they were recording, I think it was during Check Your Head, and like they weren't, you know, they they obviously saw Biz, you know, on festivals and, or you know, in mm. on the circuit, so to speak, but they weren't like super tight or super close, but they always wanted to collaborate because um, of their record store collecting. They both shared, you know, Ad Rock or MCA and, and Biz always, always run yeah. into each other like shopping records, and so... Um, 
Biz apparently had like this massive 45 collection. And so they just started becoming friends and what have you. So uh, I don't know what song that they were recording, but they invite, this was out, you know, in the Atwood, Atwater Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it was Check Your Head. But anyway, so Biz shows up and the first thing he does is goes, knocks on the door and he's like, yo, I need a candy store. Where's the nearest candy store? And so the BC boys were kind of <laughs> like looking around like, does he want drug? Like, candy so what you know what what's the euphemism you know like and they're like well there's a you know there's a gas station he's like all right i'll be right back never came back either he forgot what he was doing but he just went for candy just never came back and so so when biz called the show mike d called him out and then biz was like nah nah i never did that and it's like yeah this is 20 years later <laughs> yeah there was another excerpt from the book that i guess uh I guess he's known to like take shit and not give it back. <laughs> so like I guess like Mike D's like had a I, I'm going off the auto audiobook, but yeah. I guess Mike D lent him out album or two or something like that and he questioned him and Biz was like, If you don't got it, that means I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So <clears throat> I gotta say my favorite on this whole one is the uh, whole album is the uh, his family tree. That was absolutely. You remember this family tree? Uh, I don't know if I know that one. You know, he went. Uh, Molly is married to Homer, and all oh, he does all day oh, is boom, boom, boom. Why are you looking for that? There's a he has a song called "The Dragon," which he's like dissing some woman. Oh yeah, because she's got I bad breath. That. Yeah, <laughs> which is what I'm pretty much experiencing after eating the uh, the, the fucking dumplings across the street. <laughs> I feel like I got the drag. Do you remember this piece? Yeah. Let's go back to my brother, Diamond Shell. My man, Jazzy Jerome. Love you, bitch. Jeff. I can't forget I can't my man, forget Kevin D, and the Midnight Express crew. And I can't forget New York and all them. Felly. Soda Pop. Uh, I'm going to run pop. down my family tree like this. One, two, one, two, three. I got a friend by the name of Molly. Charlie got a wife by the name of Dolly. Dolly and Charlie got a son named Wally. And Wally got a girl by the name of Polly. Polly got a sister by the name of Molly. Molly and Polly got a mother named Holly. Father named Arthur. We call him Artie. You don't Yo, Biz, we're electing you to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. You are the, you are the most underappreciated <laughs> hip-hop star. I forgot about this one. the leader this, this of the Married awesome. Cheaters. So I don't greet her because my uncle don't need a grandma joys drive the rose voice of the family i'm a favorite choice funny name homer used to be a loner now we got a girl by the name of mona now that homer is married to mona all he does all day is bone 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 that's why eleanor don't use it no more oh man biz Marquis, we love you thank you for all of your contributions so if he's uh Benny and the Jets, you know, when he does with the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That can clear a room real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So so then, obviously, you know, with that, we wanted to just kind of um, maybe just start getting better at theming shows. I kind of like the free f- flow of, of what we do when we get the whole crew in here. But I think we can spend some time, given uh, some, of, some of our hip-hop knowledge on, you know, rounding on a show with some old-school hip-hop. Um, do you guys have any iconic, or let, let me ask you this. When was the, the first introduction to hip hop, you know, as a kid or, you know, a memorable moment that, that kind I of- I feel like Biz to? was one of, 
Yeah. Like, I don't I know, because I guess the he was always, that video was always on. That was, he was a major. I feel like there sure. was a, like three parts to it. There was like a line. There was the the candy pop shit, like from mm-hmm. uh, like Kid and Play and, uh, yeah. and uh, fucking MC Hammer and all that. And then it went to Public Enemy, which was completely out of left field. They oh, weren't yeah. like anybody else. For sure. Yeah. And then, it, you know, later on, I think I got introduced to. Uh, you know, that reminds me, Rob, sorry to yeah, interrupt yeah. you, but. Um, I sent it to you on Instagram. There is a, uh, a clash documentary coming out on, on what is it? Amazon or oh, Spotify? Yeah. Spotify. So, Oh yeah. The audio thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. what's funny, I think in episode two, you said that we were talking about the clash yeah. and then we started talking about public enemy. And then you were like, public enemy was the clash, you know, totally. the hip hop version of the clash. Absolutely. So on that, little trailer chuck, chuck d, d is narrating yeah. this movie for the that clash. makes total Just sense man yeah. respect for the clash yeah. all of them they should it was yeah they were that important they were that good and public enemy definitely was like the hip-hop incarnation of them i believe in the first couple albums mm-hmm. like you, political like the only band that mattered really you're right though public enemy might have been the one that like opened yeah. everything up i remember 1989 fear of mm-hmm. a black planet like it's still think one of the Damn, is that when that came I out? 89? So, yeah. I think it was one of the best. Yeah, because uh, they say it in the beginning of one of the best hip-hop songs still to this day is Fight the Power. I it's sent ridiculous. you guys... Um, when he's like 1989. I sent you guys like a um, video clip of Tyson that time, like coming out. Because like in, oh, back in the yeah, day, yeah. Tyson was like my favorite a- athlete. Mm. Just because obviously just the way he was, he just beat ass. <laughs> what did he come out? It was... He came out to welcome him to the Terror Dome. Yeah. And it was like the coolest shit when I was a kid. I was like, this guy is, he came out with like, you know, black high tops on, no socks, black no shorts. Robe. Yeah, That's- just came out to welcome to the Terror Dome, which at that time I loved Public Enemy and I still do. But I'm like, that was incredible. That was, uh, that was it basically for me for a while until I moved out here and someone, you know, I first heard... Uh, Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, which still yeah. to this day is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all For time. Sure. I think yeah. cover to cover, it's flawless. Yeah, I think a little bit of my age. I think I remember listening to last uh, you, episode 65? when you guys are talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you guys are talking about the first record you got. Um, you were talking about like Van Halen Van and Halen. shit. But the first cassette tape I got, my my sister, who's five years older than me, her boyfriend at the time, this guy Tommy, when they were in high school, he okay. he gave me the Fat Boys uh, cassette tape, <laughs> and then like shortly or, or right around that same time, Lamont let my friend he let <laughs> me your bar- grandfather disc, by the yeah, way. I know, <laughs> fuck my grandpa. Uh, he let me borrow uh, Boogie Down Productions Criminal Minded oh, yeah. tape, and I listened. I was like, what? Yo, like this is dangerous. Yeah, this is like yeah. scary. This is not like the fucking Fat Boys. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then when the Public fat, Enemy. With the was, Fat Boys, I remember like Chubby Checker and the Fat Boys. <laughs> that was, that was a big one. So listening to Public Enemy back in, that was early high school. And I didn't get into uh, yeah. Tribe and other stuff until after high school. So it was, it was weird when I first heard it because it was like, not that you shouldn't be listening to it, but am I... This is more Afrocentric than even Public Enemy, who right. lyrically was very Afrocentric, and, and and it just felt so much more like like I, I don't. I remember at that I feel time, like a white Bi- kid listening to this, but it was the best sound right. I heard. It was it was dope. I remember at that time at Bill's house, we were like on the carpet in his sister's room, I think, and we and I recorded their like message for their answer machine for like their whole family fucking thing, <laughs> because then it was like one phone, you know, and it was the end of a BDP. It was like. 
when some chump steps up to get beat down, broken down to his very last compound. See how it sounds? A little unrational. A lot of MCs like to use the word dramatical. Fresh for 88, you suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I love REM, but that song that uh, oh, fucking radio, radio <laughs> That, that was, was awful. That was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. Michael Stipe's ego is like yeah. touching the fucking mm, yeah. the moon. Paris, uh, yeah. Paris one changed pretty quick after Scott LaRock died. Like, it, was this all that, like, this stuff? It was all hardcore. Hard. And then, yeah, yeah, Scott LaRock died and was, he was, he, he cashed in. Going yeah. back to Public Enemy, though, with that, I remember that, that was pretty much like punk, right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it that just is didn't, a good comparison. It's really weird. Clash. You didn't feel like, like, uh, you were listening to something that mm-hmm. you sh- shouldn't. And that's a stupid example, but as a kid, basically a kid, it was like 19 years old. I mean, old, I didn't I know the all stuff. the things that they were trying to explain and talk about yeah, in there and no. like the angst. And but I it, just, it, it, it just sounded so dangerous. Like, I don't know if I'm wrong. Just that, like whistle, like nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, yeah it just seemed crazy. super important that I, I, I was clued but in on it. Do you feel like the hip hop community by large gives them props? I feel like they're largely ignored. They are. By, I don't like, think they, they get the like, yeah. Like as as somebody that influenced mm-hmm. other people, I don't feel like they they bring that out. And see, you guys, I know you love De La Soul. I think they made like one good album. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think they made I agree one with you. I, I think no, they made I agree one with you. Album. I, I agree with you. Right. In the Which fact one? That three feet. Blue Mind State. Yeah, oh, really? Mind you don't like it? No three feet highs. Two you good albums right there. Come on. Two good high. I thought that was the one you were going to say. Three feet high. What? I thought you were definitely going to say three feet high on Horizon. I think it's too like commercial, like cartoony. But you that like, came yeah, out in so that was so old. That was '87. That really like ushered in a lot of this music. You know, potholes on my lawn, all that stuff, and then I'm like. Do Both I ever want to go listen to that again? I, kn- I know it's pretty I, sweet. No, I like. I even I got into De La Soul. I like all of them. I think I understand what you're Stakes saying. It's a little high. campy. It's a little uh, like the skits in between. They take yeah. it too far. But there's gems in between them. And I de- Blue and Mind State is definitely my favorite. That is I love that's that pretty awesome. Break yeah. of Dawn is still one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. It's fucking. But that's an album you have to listen to beginning to end. Yeah. Because but then they came out. Transitions time was a totally different record when they put that out. And that I I love that one too. I got into that one cover to cover. I don't. So that's funny. Um, so <laughs> I feel bad saying it because I know you guys love them so much. No, but I just, I just like, remember, what, what am I missing? I just that was a uh, real quick. That Three Feet High was an important album. I thought that like yeah. going back to it, that is one of the first ones. I remember buying that and going into like sixth grade <laughs> and going in with the cassette. And I knew there was a there was this girl. That was in my class that I was friends with that I knew that listened to hip hop. And I was like, oh, look what I bought. All excited. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that thing's old. It's been out for like two weeks. <laughs> I was like, shit. But anyway, I just think like, like you know, Damon Auburn, I remember reading that when he made the gorillas, like the person he really wanted the first time to rap with him was Dr. Dre. But he was like too nervous to make the call. Mm. And I was like, 
that makes sense that Dr. Dre wouldn't be involved with the gorillas, but De La Soul would be yeah. right. involved with the gorillas. Yeah, but yeah. Snoop. But I think, I think <laughs> they Snoop all came around to it. Yeah, because I think Snoop is like the he's like yeah, a mean whore, dude. He'll yeah, he don't he's on the show with Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah, he, don't, yeah, he don't give a fuck After about anything. the gorillas anything. won a couple he's like, how much deep. is the check going to be made out I know you guys didn't listen real quick to the Beastie Boy audiobook, but everybody, like, if you had, everybody announces, like, oh, um, I'm reading for Michael Diamond, and this is uh, Bette Midler. She was, mm. believe it or not, one she of them. She was the, on there. Yes. <laughs> I ran into her at a, at a Shakespeare play in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah. laughs> but it was, she actually did a good job on there. But uh, um, anyway, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? De La Soul. Oh. Uh, no, the no audio book. audiobook. Somebody was Somebody reading. Somebody was reading. Dr. Dre. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Damn. All right, I moving on. Yeah. Yeah, right I was going to say, after the, the Gorillas put out a couple albums, Damon Albarn was a sought-after producer in the hip-hop no, community. No, I like People all the Gorillas. I like, do like most of it. This guy plays different shit than anybody... Like, the, most deaf, all these people, I remember hearing them talk about, like, I really want to work with Damon Auburn. I'm surprised other people didn't jump so in. Can I redeem myself? It was the Snoop thing. So, <laughs> shit. Like, I'm having a I get stroke it. I do it all here. the time, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Snoop didn't even introduce himself. It was just straight up, like, there was no introduction. He just started, like, with his Snoop, you know, cadence and just, yeah. like, doing his thing. He just, that's Snoop, man. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. though. Um, De La Soul's last album, there was like a little documentary. It was like a 15-minute web, web series, That was right? fucking awesome. It was funny. It was, it was awesome, but it was also funny, too, because they were going through, like, the records, and they wanted to say, you know, who can we get? And they just wanted to get, like, they wanted to collaborate with anyone, and they're just like, yeah. They're just, like, at one point, they were like, yeah, Dave Grohl. Yeah, let's get Dave Grohl. <laughs> you know, they're just, like, pulling names out of the hat just to kind of, like, mish, mishmash, but... Here's, here's my real De La Soul story. I don't know if I told you this one before, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I know it, though. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. senior year of uh, college, Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm just... No, it was either junior... It doesn't matter. Junior or senior year, the uh, fall semester, uh, I find out that the, the, um, the year-end concert is going to be De La Soul. And this is 97, 98? Right. And so um, they Still were well, past, you know, Stakes is High came uh, out, what, 96, 97? It was after Stakes is High. Yeah. It was after Stakes is High. It had to be like 96, 97, so, maybe something like that. You know, that. They, were all, they were all very fringe to begin with. And, and so not a huge following, but good, still college following. And uh, so I, I learned that they were going to be the summer or the, the, the end of the year concert. And um, I literally joined the student event staff just to be a part of that because they were looking for members. So I signed up, I went to the inaugurate or the, uh, um, what's the uh, initiation, right? Didn't attend one student event thing throughout the year and just showed up in May and was like, all right, you know, I'm here for the day of soul concert. <laughs> and so it was kind of awkward, but they were like, um, all right, well, I guess if you're here, uh, you can drive them to the hotel when they get in. I'm like, all right. Now, this is when I had my beat up. I had a busted Jetta because <laughs> one stupid night we were driving around and like we were, we were like parked in the middle of Route 37 or something. Like we were just in the highway. And so we were figuring out what we were going to do next. And we were, I was parallel to Shriv. 
like parked. And I was like, okay, we're going to go back to Rob's garage. So I needed to make a U-turn. So I begin to make my U-turn. And for whatever reason, Shriv just goes straight. And I don't remember me. that at all. Really? Just, I like, do. Yeah, I kind of remember this. I, I yeah. just remember the door didn't work after that, right? Yeah, because he hit it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. At least you didn't have to exchange insurance, right? No. Yeah. So we didn't know what to do there. We were just like, well, he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I had this, this, 89 Jetta beat up. The door didn't open. My antenna for my radio was a coat hanger just so I could, you know, get some type of FM frequency. And then uh, I did at one point replace the radio with a Pioneer pullout. Remember Pioneer pullouts. <laughs> so we had this Pioneer pullout, but then. So somebody of, couldn't rob the piece? Of course. After, you know, so many plays, my CD got stuck in my pioneer pullout. So I could only listen to one CD for like 18 months <laughs> and it happened to be balloon mind state. Right? Yeah, so that's a good one to get stuck. It, it, it was, but I mean, when that's your only option, it yeah. drives you mad. So anyway, you know, keep that in mind. So here may the spring concert for, for uh, De La Soul. Now I have pasta noose and, and Dave in my car, in my Jetta and like their bus driver who was like, right out of a movie he was like a short fat italian guy just like was with them from from day one he sat in the front seat so i have i guess plug one and plug two in the back and then like <laughs> there some like hype man right he was just like this skinny young kid he's like yo i want you to take me to the mall i gotta get some tickets i gotta give out these <laughs> tickets right and so he just wanted to meet girls right and so, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of like a little star, you know, starstruck and, and, and I'm just like driving cautiously. And so I'm going to the hotel, which by the way, yeah, what was it? A fucking, it was like a mo- on the white yeah. horse pike. What yeah. the hell was down It there? was like a motel. What if six. they asked you to put on some music? Well, I, that's what I remember hearing. I the made story. the mistake. I made the mistake and I'm like, no, it was the bus driver. The bus driver like slaps me in the chest. He's like, yo, play some music for these guys. I'm like, okay, but you know. I didn't tell them that my radio was broken. I just just started playing <laughs> music, <laughs> and so I don't know why they wouldn't want to hear this. Th- song this was just stuck. Ever. Now, in my mind, I'm freaking out. I'm like, they don't want to hear this. Yeah. They why they're, like, they're on tour. They don't want to hear this. It's but their shit. They're like, look, all right. But it was like I just put it on, and then right here, I look at my rear view and all their heads. I was like, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So they're just all bombing. So listen to this song. It's fucking, it's really good. This is one of my favorites. It really is. I got a story similar, like, but not as good. But when I had Jizza come to my school as a guest speaker, and so the auditorium was packed. It was like, every, like everyone knew somebody from Wu-Tang was there. I didn't and notice. I was sitting next to him, and he was like, man, you're the coolest guy in this school. I was like, that's because you're here. <laughs> but when I brought him in, there was nobody there. It's just the auditorium, but I was playing like the music, his music. So when all the kids came in, they would hear his music. And he walked in and he, you know how when people know all the words to like rap songs, they're like doing their shit with their hands and stuff. That's how, he, that's how he did when he was walking to his seat. And he's like, yo, you picked some good tracks, son. <laughs> Why? How did you, were you, I knew that like, he was like, uh, I knew that he to- was making like a circuit of speaking at colleges. Really? And so I contacted his publicist and. I thought he lived in New Jersey or close by. I'm not sure where yeah. he lives, but I think it was close. And so he came. Yeah, but the first time he came, well, the first time he was supposed to come, the fucking 
auditorium was packed. It was like crowded. And it was like, okay, he's supposed to be here. Okay. He's really supposed to be here. <laughs> and then we canceled and said, go back to class. And I felt like a yeah, jackass. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came. And I contacted the publishers. Like, oh, he's really sick. And then I looked on Instagram and like Raekwon played the night before in New York. And they're like, on hey, Instagram, they look totally stoned yeah, like backstage. Yeah, but then he rescheduled and he came through. Yeah, you know, it was funny about and that. And then he donated the money that we gave him, which wasn't much. He donated it to some uh, nonprofit called oh, Chess cool. in the City. So it was like helping kids that want to learn how to play chess uh, in like cities in, it must in America. It's refreshing for him to run into you. Like as an organ. Oh, I gave him the intro. You know, I had to do like the introduction. You know, yeah. like thing. He, I was like, I was. I said to him, I was like, I was nervous. I hope I did it right. He goes, Yo, that was the best one I had. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The best part is, a couple years later. Uh, yeah, like a year later, maybe. It was a year later. I thought. I thought it was longer. Not than too that, much but, longer. Yeah. But Sean goes. Uh, he he hits me up and he's like, Hey, like you're probably one of the only friends that I can call on a whim and that would do this. But you know, gives his or. Giz is playing tonight. You know, do you want to go? And I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll go. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. Now, Bill came though too. Remember? Bill, yeah. So Bill came, and I talked to this publicist. I said, I don't know if you can get his ticket. She's like, Oh, Def, I got your tickets. You yeah. can go backstage and stuff. Everything. That's what I told Shit. you. Yeah. So I, I, because you remember, you're like, I have tickets. I'm like, Didn't you just do that thing? You should reach out to the publicist. <laughs> and you're like, Oh. And then you you made that happen. Then we got backstage. Where was the show? Truck at, at the, the truck. truck. Oh, and shit. Bill went out on the truck stage to look out because it was you know he's like I've seen so many shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. We they all went backstage, and there's a great picture. <laughs> there's a great picture, and I'm like me and Jizzer are both looking at each other like like a weird face, like "fuck you" type of thing. Throw that up on the Instagram. Yeah, it is yeah. on Instagram. Someone someone said, "What's the deal there in that picture?" And Jim was like, uh, "Yeah, my friend Sean used to bully Jizza in <laughs> school." So, <laughs> but but it's a perfect right, comment right before for that. The photo. Like, I'm an idiot because it was like a best night ever thing because it was just so much fun. And I was a late bloomer to Wu Tang, and so it was, yeah, it was, was almost too. like yeah, no. this was all brand new for me. And so then we got backstage, and I was just feeling on top of the world, and you know, like I was just goofing off, and I was like, "Yo." You want a rap battle? And he didn't know how to respond because like he just took down a whole blunt like in one like one pull. So like he was just like he just lit it up and there was the crowd of us right before this picture. And I think that's where that's right when I asked and I was joking. I was like, you want a battle? And he just looked at me like this motherfucker. And then he started laughing. And then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But the whole time it was just jizz on stage and then a DJ way in the back. Mm-hmm. And then some other guy hanging out by the DJ. That other guy hanging out by the DJ was his manager, who just smoked a huge blunt the whole show. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> so you didn't forget to tell me about that uh, that guy, the promote hype man for Daylight. Must not have done a good job because we went to the, I went to that show with Bryce at mm. Stockton, mm-hmm. and it was fucking empty. Yeah, it was awful. It was really bad. Like like who the hell set that up? But it was a the show was great. They, was, they were they are they were professional. great really, performers, they, amazing performers. They really I never saw a tribe. Did you guys see Tribe Called Quest? Times, right? yeah. Yeah. A couple just times, yeah, just at um, Lollapalooza that that one that, year. Yeah, I saw them like the open for the Beastie Boys yeah. too, and then there was the Smoking Grooves tour at the PNC Bank Art Center with uh, the Fugees and a couple other people, and they it, like award tour. They crushed it. It was a. I didn't go to uh, that, were you? No, you know who was there? I remember seeing Ramon Worthy there. It was like the last time I ever saw the Shit. dude. <laughs> so other. here, here's my tribe. Uh, tribe was my like Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah. They, that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That totally, was like totally. Tribe was everything. So this is how I was introduced to Tribe Called Quest. Um, I had this neighbor. He lived behind me, right? His name was Chino. Fred Losanti. 
kicked down, <laughs> kicked down that wall. His father. His father, right? So, also named. What a shout out. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> one. So Chino, Chino was uh, Freddie's dad. And so Freddie, um, my neighbor, but he was he was best friends with my, my younger brother, as we all know, as He's nice. He's basically a family member at your house. Family member. And so, but the, the division between Freddie and, and myself and, and Knife is, you know, Freddie and Knife always did things together. Just, you know, hand in glove, kill frogs, dirt bikes. <laughs> they did all that Beavis and Butthead shit. But whenever there was anything sport related, like Freddie would become my friend for that day. Right. And so uh, Chino, his father, somehow, and now just a little backstory on Chino, because he is still a bit of an enigma. God rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago, but... Chino looked like, uh, I don't know, like... A biker? A biker. He was so confusing because he was a short, stout biker dude, real burly, you know, like I, he was heavy set, but he looked built and stocky. But the second he opened up his mouth, he sounded like a history professor. So he was, oh, yeah. he was well-spoken, so he was kind of like, you know, confusing. And uh, But you could never really pin him down because he would disappear for six months, come back and like, Oh, Hey Chino, like, hey, you, doing? <laughs> you know, and just come back and like be Chino again. And he, he had some weird ties to like, uh, the boardwalk. He knew everyone on the boardwalk in seaside. He would work there for maybe a couple months before he would just take out of town, you know, go out of town. Frankie O. Frankie O. Mm. But in any event, um, he befriended, uh, a, a collegiate basketball player. If you remember Alex Blackwell, Alex Blackwell, who eventually went on Remember to play. Remember Chad Blackwell? No. So Alex Blackwell played for Tom's River North. He was much older than us, but he was like the hometown hero. You know how like Andrew Valium, Val, uh, Val, uh, Valium, Valman, Andrew Valium. Yeah, Andrew Valium um, was the Manchester track star. <laughs> yes. um, this Alex Blackwell, Blackwell went and played for the Lakers, like cup of coffee type of deal, but. Mm -hmm. He was like the toast of Ocean County, and Chino was like friends with him. Now, mind you, Chino's a grown man at this point, and this kid is a teen, you know, he's 19, 20 years old. And so Freddie comes over to my house because, you know. Chino's like, where's my cut? <laughs> yeah, something, yeah, something like that. So, so Freddie's like, do you want to go to a Mammoth basketball game? And this was, you know, this was still in Mammoth. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. Yeah. What's the guy's name? Alex Blackwell. I might have liked work with that motherfucker at Coin Castle. True. <laughs> and he you went to, to Coin yeah, Castle. Yeah, and he he was like a star. Yes. And he went to Mammoth. Alex Blackwell. I think it might be that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did Wayne run Coin Castle when yeah. you worked there? Yeah, yeah. I think the name Wayne sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Sean, is that him there? Sean. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> oh my god! Look up his bio. If, if Wikipedia says that motherfucker worked at Coin Castle, <laughs> he had to, dude. He had to have. Like it's gonna say that. That's <laughs> that motherfucker worked at Coin Castle. But yeah, I remember he Various just like walked around Coin Castle. He just like he didn't do anything. He just yeah. walked around it, but yeah, got yeah. paid. I don't think anybody did anything yeah. at Coin Castle. Just Wayne's coming. I forgot. Yeah. So Alex Blackwell went to Monmouth College. Grew up in Tom's River. Uh, was an Olympian and, you know, again, cup of coffee with the Lakers. So anyway, so Freddie. Oh, so, my God. So Freddie goes, do you, you want to go see a basketball game at Monmouth College? And I'm like, yeah. And so, you know, it was like a Wednesday. No, no, no. It had to be a weekend because I was I was maybe a freshman, maybe eighth grade. So, you know, college basketball, it's like seven or eight at night. So I go over to Freddie's house. Now, Chino had this little pickup, and this is funny, Sean, because when you were telling that story about your grandfather's truck, so imagine that truck 
with none of the accommodations. It was just the the cab and like blankets, like on the in the back of the the bed. So Chino's like, we're moving these whores up to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so Chino is like, and everyone was like, babe. He's like, Jimmo. That was my nickname, like in the neighborhood. Jimmo, Jimmo, get in the back. We're gonna go up and see some basketball, babe. So I, I get, so I get, I get in the back of the bed. And it's just a bed of a pickup pickup truck with the little aluminum uh, awning thing, right? And and it was nothing. And so I'm like, this is crazy. Like how? Like why couldn't I sit up front? Because it was just like the two seater and the stick shift. And I'm in the back, and we're just driving up the parkway, and I and I just hear this. Chino's truck. Chino's truck. And I'm like, and the whole back thing, it's all shaking because the bass. So that this was like burned in my memory, um, you know, like this whole way up. And I'm like, damn, this is a, this is really good. So we get to the campus, and uh, you know, I I crawl out of this 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 truck, and uh, we we go to the gym. Alex has like a hundred points because he's like the big it's fish just, in the small yeah, pond, dominating. Right? And so this guy is how tall is he? Six six. So I mean, he wasn't the the biggest player in the world, but to a, you know, a 13 year old, you know, he's massive. And, you know, he may as well have been Michael Jordan because he came over to Chino and he was like, yo, what's up Chino? And like high five pound hugs. And he goes, you're going to meet me back in the dorm. And he's like, no problem. We're going to meet. And so Chino's like, you want to go meet him bed? You know, we're going to go, we're going to go hang out with Alex. (laughs) So, so after the game, we go to a college dorm right now. I, Chino's I'm 40 years old, 50. I, I have no idea, I, but I'm 13. Freddie is 11, <laughs> right? And so we're now like in Monmouth College, which is now Monmouth University. So this is how old, <laughs> how long ago it was. So we go into this college dorm. And the funny thing is, I don't know if it was, it was like a, one of the, uh, like an apartment dorm yeah. room, but it was just basketball players. They had the whole suite to themselves, but I walked in and it was just a cloud of smoke, <laughs> just smoke. <laughs> and I it was like the five of the tallest people ever and just a cloud of smoke and i'm just sitting there and i remember he had like a water bed and i'm just like shaking my you know just kind of like nervously yeah, sure. just sitting there fred's like stop being nervous and like he hit me like freddie did that yeah and i'm like i don't like this is weird like it was awesome but also weird i didn't know what was going on yeah. and then chino was just going like he knew like where he was he's been there before what the fuck because <laughs> all right we just made a connection here. I had no idea you worked there. So everyone in this room has worked at Coin Castle. That's right. Yeah. And so that's Everybody where in the room has? Yeah. Everybody? Yeah. So there, there's... And Alex Blackwell did, too. I, never I can't believe that's the that's only the way. That's the fucking dude. I think Bill might remember. I don't know if Bill worked there. When I, my sister worked there at Coin Castle. That was the connection, though. That's, that's how Chino knew him was the fucking boardwalk. That's right. right? So, and then he, he right. became friends with this dude. Like, like almost, almost like a sponsor. She like, knew he was a rising star. Alex would hang out at Freddie's house. Like Freddie was like, Alex would babysit Freddie. Why? I, I don't know. But, I, I don't, I don't know. know. Going out to Whiting the baby. But it's like, I don't, but, the, but that that's like when. Well, I know it still goes it's on a weird now, but it's like, like, like it's like weird having a sponsor. So like somebody was paying Alex. Yeah. Look, the you way know. you describe him, I want to hang out with Chino right now. But yeah. <laughs> I don't get why awesome. like a, a teenage black kid from Tom's River would want to drive out to Whiting to hang with this dude. Like it's Well, I mean if 
if Coin Castle was paying your lifestyle under Coin the Castle, table, what are we really talking? Uh, like, it sounds like so some mafia shit going down. Yeah, right. And it's Coin Castle we're talking about. If this guy, this guy, if this guy, if this guy Alex Blackwell was that good, which I guess he was at the time, yes, because he would go on to play for the Lakers. Why would he go? play for Monmouth College in the, in like the early because, 90s because he had because he he went he grew up in times I don't know how to read exactly that's <laughs> yes. what it was so yes. do you know that you remember the old Bradley's and the shop right that mm. complex and that and there the, that project that was there oh, I got yeah. in trouble from shoplifting there yes yeah so that <laughs> that's where he lived and then like he 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 was kicked out of Tom's River North and then had to go to there's an academy um I don't know, in Virginia, I forget the name of the academy, but so it's basically like after high school, you go there because- Oak Hill? Was it Oak Hill? Oak Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big big basketball factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he went to Oak Hill for like- That's where like a lot of- That gap. Like future pros go play high school. school or it's a- uh, It's a high school academy that like future pros go play. It's fifth year. It's fifth year of high school. So it's like you can't- It's like you major in basketball. Yeah. I it's kind of like uh, St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City when I'm walking down the street. Or St. Patrick's used to be in Jersey City. Jersey City like for that. basketball, right? Yeah. We lived across the street from the, the football Anthony's. school. St. Anthony's, yeah. We had the scrimmage field behind our brownstone in Jersey City. And there, most of the time, you see these Harry Potter-looking like kids walking around until it was football practice time. And there's a kid walking down the street that looks like the Predator monster. <laughs> yeah. He was like 6'6", six, six, dreads, and he's full uniform, just walking right down Grand Street to make a left and go behind him. Like, this dude's in high school. Everyone St. else Peter's. around him. Was yeah. he a basketball player? No, it was, it was a football school. Apparently, oh. it was a... a, a he, that's crazy that you brought this fucking dude up. I haven't thought about this dude. <laughs> but that's... See, see the way the that's world works? But that... Yeah. Crazy Tribe that called Quest. Coin Castle, too. That's how it all happened. So now we're back to Tribe Called Quest because you heard it in the truck. Yeah. I heard bugging out, and so I immediately asked Chino who it was, and then I went to Sam Goody... <laughs> <laughs> was Chino down with it or was like Alex was like, yo, play this shit? No, no. Chino Chino, Chino, was, Chino was a hustler. Chino was down. He was a Tom's River Seaside connection. Ch- Chino was down. He was. And what's crazy is, talk, like, this is a sad end to the story. Um, call it 2000. Uh, knife, is, knife is in my parents' backyard just doing whatever. And uh, he hears. So we had this. We grew up in a development, but every house had an acre of land, but most of that acre were all trees. And so there was no like picket fences or anything. Chino's digging a huge hole and and nice, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Nothing. So, but the way that we would get in between, so Freddie lived, Chino lived behind us. So we cut out a trail uh, between the woods so we could just easily go back and forth of, you know, to our houses. And so in the, uh, in this uh, winter and, and uh, fall, you know, obviously the trees lose their leaves. So you could almost like the echoes were really loud there. So you could just really hear. So it was like early spring. And so the foliage didn't grow back. So you could just hear a lot between the yards. So Knife is in the backyard and he hears Chino's wife, Freddie's mom, just, oh my God, Chino now, screaming. So Nick drops what he's doing, hauls ass through the path sees Chino laid out on the deck, m- motionless, blue. So Knife, did, you know, he doesn't know CPR or anything, so he starts wailing on his chest, <laughs> just like trying to reset, like just do any movie type CPR, like mouth to mouth, nothing. So his wife is crying, like dead. Nick found him dead on arrival, couldn't resuscitate him. He had a heart attack and he was like 47. Shit. Hey. Isn't that crazy? Hey. 
Jeez, I didn't know that Nick found him. Yeah, rest in peace, Chino. Yeah, hey, Chino. I remember hearing that story. Yeah, that he he rolled up on him. Sounds I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a, that was where crazy. Do we, where do we go from here? I was going to just say before, <laughs> what we were bringing back to De La Soul, the last album that they put out was you're talking about the, one of the best, I think, hip hop songs of that year was easily here and after with Damon Auburn on it. And it was about death. It was like an abstract view of the person living here and after. Yeah, De La Soul and and Damon Auburn. It was like when they explain it on the documentary, it's kind of like an abstract view of death. Like So Dave Dove raps this whole thing about the living side and Damon's is supposed to be the the afterlife, like kind of speaking back to it. And it was ironic because 2016, we all lost a couple people that we were near dear to our hearts that year. So this, this song had significance i I, yeah. I still think it was the best song of that that entire year mm. that came out it's a good one yeah because yeah. i heard this obviously with with nick passing it was like a perfect time it, it was yeah because nick and then and, and lauren passed the same yeah. same year and it was it was a significant song i listened to it constantly heard it only like once. once. I, I think you told me, you know, listen to it when it first came out because I had that. Uh, I remember I had that party whenever. Yeah, we came over. It was like around right. the time this came out. Yeah, we played. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played it in the backyard. I think it was after Knife died, but before Lauren. Yeah. And this. And then to hear them explain it on the documentary about what he meant by it, it, it just made more sense, and it was it was. I crave for more time. Had y'all on my mind all It was really a dope song. It's really better tomorrow. It's the sacrifice the cat. Keep that cow in the pasture. Knife in the drawer. Spend the long 40 days. It's gonna take 40 more. Make it through losing love. Sort of like rock fuel. I made the limits. I thought that I'd run the gas out. Took your last breath. I only passed out. Laid in a better place. But that left me ass out. Hearing that voice gone. That was a good one. Yeah. You listen to that a lot after? Yeah, yeah, yeah for I did sure. Too, totally, it was. And so there's the uh, talk, they do a, a Talking Heads. Uh, oh yeah, with, with Tom, the, yeah. David uh, Byrne. David Byrne, thank you. Yeah. The CBGBs is a, a great little song too. It's only like like a minute and a half. It's fucking yeah. that one. It's got the uh, ad rock sample in the new 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 style <laughs> over the top of it. <laughs> Um, so keeping it old school though, <laughs> you remember like special ed, you ever remember like special <laughs> eds, like those like type of like song. rappers that, you don't remember special ed? No, I do, but I don't remember a specific song. I just remember him being, I got it made. It was special. Pretty, <laughs> but do you remember, so, do you remember like back in the day, all the New York DJs like uh, funk master flex and mm-hmm. uh, DJ red alert. Yeah. Red yeah. alert started funk master flex night. Hard to get a ticket. Yeah. Right off the bat, man. Right remember off the bat, DJ red man. alert. Hold yeah. on. Remember when uh, Funk Master Flex would have the bombs going off the explosions (laughs) in between songs? Oh man! One day we'll I'll get this properly. 
the Funk whole, Master Flex night. You know where I got into later after? Like, it would have been cool if I was down with it when it came out. Was like EPMD, Strictly Business, and oh stuff man, like I that. I fucking love EPMD. EPMD had great rhymes. Is it that? Strictly business record was smash. You ain't seen shit. Yes, yeah, a fact. It's a black mine. It's a black nine mil. What I pack in front of my waist, right next to my Bozak, a safety for all the suckers that hate me. I had to have Buster Rhymes lately. I hope not. It's no fun getting shot because when I aim, I aim straight for the knot. Which one was that? That was from. Uh, what was the? What was the song? The, the fucking slapping, snapping necks, like busting caps, and breaking jaws because Eric and Parrish are making dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Wheel of Fortune, we roll for big money. Come, co rock a party and leave with your honey. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's the? Uh, I, remember, I remember you oh, guys to chill. Play some. Yeah, or I'll, I'll let the funk flow. Let the funk yeah, flow. Let the EPMD. Funk, yeah, let the funk flow is a dope. Like when it starts off. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the best. Uh, or uh, the one that has the uh, I Shot the Sheriff sample. What is that? Um, uh, it's this one. It's not I'm housing. Isn't it this? No. Check out um, Let the Funk Flow. That's got the beginning of that song. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's the I Shot the Sheriff piece. <laughs> Strictly business. So, given it's, uh, it's President's Day weekend, you got to give some love to Eric B. Eric B. for president. <laughs> there's one time. There's this. There's out. I think it's the. Um, fuck. I think it's the Follow the Leader album because I was having a party at Rutgers and Bill came up with the. Uh, Franny, remember that girl Franny that you guys are friends with at Rowan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "Fuck, I want to go buy a CD." And so we went to fucking Sam Goody or whatever it was oh. in New Brunswick, and he bought "Follow the Leader." And there's a song where it's no, there's no rapping; it's just a DJ cutting the whole time. Yeah. And he was probably drunk, and he he kind of like replicated everything that like Eric B would cut at the same time. And everyone was like, like shit in their pants. <laughs> Cause somehow he knew every like little cut. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like dying, like shit in their pants. I remember I was sick with a real bad cold. Yeah. And he was making me laugh so much that I just threw up like a big pile of mucus <laughs> on my roommate's bed. <laughs> Yeah, before we stop this segment, you gotta play the first thirty seconds of fun- "Let the Funk Float." You'll remember it. It's yeah, okay. what the fuck? It's it's <laughs> that should almost be our intro on this fucker. It's so it's so fucking uh, perfect. Whenever I set up like a, like stereo, you know, yeah, like I put a big, huge stereo in my basement. It's pretty dope, but I never go down there unless to exercise. But uh, but whenever I want to sample, if everything's hooked up right, I play "Let the Funk Flow" <laughs> real loud. <laughs> <laughs> like we should be driving down the street. <laughs> you should have like hydraulic. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. It'd be perfect for a bunch of white dudes in a hydraulic. <laughs> you know, and these kids today, they they don't know. No. It really doesn't matter. Just stay the hell back. The time has a rosin. You know what I mean? Except your boy, 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 boy had rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So this was this was a great time in hip hop. Um, I I think to this day, one of the best hip hop songs ever have whoa, come out whoa, of this time shit. frame. Microphone I mean, what do you got? No, no, that's a lot. Of, well, that's a lot of pressure. I know. What about you guys? I think microphone fiend. That's yeah, my that, all time. Yeah, that's a, he's a freaking lyrical ninja. All right. I mean, this could be like another situation where you think I like the Eagles more oh than my the dead, God. but all right, let's hear it. I'm very nervous for you. Vanilla ice is coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, this no, no this is great. rock and ZL smooth. Yeah, yeah, this is no, this is yeah. No, I agree with you. This is yeah. this sample. Pete Rock is one of the best DJs, bar none, East Coast that he when he started, he was It probably should show up in any legitimate playlist. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, no, this is a I'll take this over a lot of stuff too. No man. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say, think back yeah. 22 Tracks. years ago to keep it on track. The birth of a child on the 8th of October. My like toast, that. but yeah. my granddaddy came sober. Count all the fingers and the toes. Now I suppose the little black boy grows. Did you time us? Do you guys remember? I've sent it a couple times and I felt like I was beating it to death. You, last year or the year before, I kept sending them that Pete Rock thing over. It was under Pete Rock because it was his brother's group. And they put out an album in 95, but it never got put out. The record company sh- shelved it. The group is called I&I. And, I, and Pete Rock did all the... Oh, did we talk about this? We, I don't know. We might have. I'm sorry, folks, if I'm repeating myself on these podcasts. No, I think I we don't talked remember. about in episode one that it was, vanilla it, cupcake or something. No, it was, it was, it was like, called I&I. And I. It was called... Uh, oh, God. What was, what's the name the of the dude record? in Oakland, right? No, no. They're, the, from, they're from the Bronx. No, this, I was going group, back to a callback in episode one, Rob. That had some very obscure... <laughs> yeah, uh, that's well, what I, I, I don't even like, remember. I'm sorry. I don't normally listen to these things when I go home. It was episode two. Sorry. But it was... Uh, <laughs> there's a There's a center of attention, it's called. It was a fully recorded album. There's one song with Q-Tip and Large Professor on it called... Uh, Shit, I don't remember. But it all falls under Pete Rock. But it, it's an album that never was released. And I think they re-released it when he got the rights to it. And now it's just under Pete Rock. But it's mm. it's it's that type of music that we were talking about on the way out here. That, that samples heavy stuff that right. hip-hop used to be. Mm-hmm. That we gravitate towards. And yeah. it's all low-down, jazzy stuff that I personally oh, okay. find. Hey, Jim, I used to joke that... Like rap albums in the '90s, they had to have a couple like necessary things. You had to have like a, f- a answering machine song in between. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yo, bro, what's up, son? Nah, just chilling. <laughs> Yo, son, can you call? It? And then you had to have a song where it sounded like you were fucking a chick, you know? Yeah. And she loved it, and you were awesome. But you also had to have an intro, you know, like a proper intro. So the. The Gangstar album, Hard to Earn. Oh, yeah. Greatest. Yeah. He, yeah. They killed the intro song on that one. I think you just described Best one of all ready time. to die to a T. Yeah. Everyone in the 90s, yeah. they always have, like, the guy's fucking a yeah. girl. There's an answer machine song. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, you know, an intro piece. Oh, my God. I love this. I remember playing this back in, and I lived in Belmar, and Chris was like, yo, this would be the greatest song for, like, a band, like, Blur or something. Like, come onto the stage, too, you know? <laughs> This shit ain't easy. I love He was one of the best. Suckers be coming up to me on some bullshit. Talking about they want to freestyle and shit. Breath stinking like a motherfucker. Spitting and shit. Other motherfuckers want to stand next to me and just hang out. 
I never did that shit when I wanted to get on. All I did was give a motherfucker a pound, a compliment, then I was out, told him my name. Peace. Ha ha ha. Hey, the Super Bowl commercial. Did you guys watch the Super Bowl commercials? There was that one for Deets Nuts. Did you see it? It was like little nut packages and it was I like it was like Deets Nuts and and my wife was like, "What? But I don't get it." And I was like, "Well, honey, let me give you a history lesson <laughs> on the Chronic album with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg calls this woman and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" She's like, "Nothing." He's like, "What you going to do today?" She's like, "Oh, I'm going to go to the mall, just chill." He's like, yo, did what's his name get at you yesterday? <laughs> She's like, who? He's like, these nuts. She's like, oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> but they're selling like Deets, you know, the yeah, yeah, cold yeah. cut company, Deets <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> How'd that story go over for you? She's <laughs> <Jeez>, sugar head. <laughs> yeah, All right, Chris, what do you got? What do you got? Give me another gang star. Yeah. I think it's mm. what I'm here for. Yeah, gang. That's a deep cut. Is it? What it, know, what's what's the name I of it? I think they're what I'm here for. They're probably one of the most underrated, underappreciated. I don't know. I was going through my playlist. I love it. Yeah, Gangstar is, is is up there. I was a late bloomer to Gangstar too. But damn, it was, you and your Apple Music. Was in there. <laughs> Shit. Hold on. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, we no, at least, at least while while we have them. What about? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, while while he's here. I break it, step into my zone, mad rhymes will stifle ya. Lines like rifles go blast when I kick some ass. A lot of rappers be like one time one. I'm, I'm, I'm still looking, Chris. Yeah, I didn't think that was a deep cut, and I guess it is. It's on uh, Moment the Truth. Moment of Truth. Moment of Truth. This is just another one. This is just another one that just. Yeah. You forget about it, and then like three years go yeah. by, and then it just falls on your playlist. Yeah. There's a. There's a lot of gangstar has like a ton. Uh, Chris, I found it. You did. Tell the people what you're here for. Yeah, listen to that. Ooh. Isn't that nice? Very nice. It's the message in the song that makes you rock on. Some people go to places where they don't belong. I think I'm a sucker right, for any kind of like hip hop with like some kind of a little piano. In they bring it. back some jazz. And, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just the piano. In my like old school hip hop playlist that I have, I yeah. just have like tons of so songs. What do you, so what do you got? Like given that you're the, the music snob, you're the elitist, like. I, I'm really interested in hearing you know, some know. of your playlists. I don't know. It, this thing is very uh, erratic. Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jazzy. Jazzy. <laughs> DJ Jazzy. Jazzy Jeff. Although, I okay, so you can make fun of me for this one, but Summertime? You got to give me Summertime. No. Come on. No, I'm not. I, I hate to like be all like I was the last episode, but come on. <laughs> come summertime. on. Summertime. Come on. Can Summer- we be honest that the other dudes are out peeing right now? And if they were, I'm sure you'd be I'll shot bring it down up. like crazy. I, no way. It's just me and you right now. And I wish there was some defense to this <laughs> no. coming right now. Nope. 
Oh, don't come do on. It. Don't do it. Chris. Don't put it on. Come on. We're in Philadelphia. Fuck them. We've got it. Don't do it. Oh, shit. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes I'll just walk down South Street, put in my earpods. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is just like open fire hydrants and shit. <laughs> I mean, this video is just basically them in Can a convertible. Can you take Will Smith serious? You're not serious with this one, are you? Of all the Will Smith songs, I you'll leave this on? Just in my heart. <laughs> oh, in my heart. Oh, Come on, Chris. No. <laughs> what, you're more of an MC Hammer guy? Well, I guess I would prefer this one over that. You if would rather me you like would, gun to your head stuff. You would not touch this versus Summertime. Summertime. Come on, you remember? No. Do you remember like the starter kit? Like you'd have yeah. the pinstripe shorts mm-hmm. and then like the team jersey short. Yeah. This just yeah. brings you back. No. What sneakers did you have in 1992? 92? Damn, no, that was when I was getting real. That was when I was entering my elitist cross oh, yeah. stage. So you were um, at it. Wait, when was this? Ironic when was stuff. this? Like 91? 90? Sounds like yeah, yeah. It sounds very cheesy, so yeah. <laughs> Jeez. God. Let me tell you, I had a pair of um, Air Force One high tops with purple snakeskin. Did you? Yeah, so dope. Damn, that <laughs> does sound pretty cool. But I don't think I, I probably just had Converse. I didn't have anything special. Really? No. You never went into a sneaker phase? No, never a sneaker. Actually, I, around that time, started wearing those like Clarks and like, that was when I was like Brit pop stage. Dude, I remember the first time I met you in the hallway. You want, oh, yeah. Do you remember the that story? That was the first words. I do. Yeah. That was the first word. Man, I was a dick from day one, huh? That, I, well, I mean, I don't know if you remember the way that I remembered, but I... This is our this is our first moment I meeting think so. each other. Yeah, and it was so weird because I didn't know that you were friends with Rob. And it was I, probably 92 because I would imagine that Bill and Sean... Yeah, they were a grade above. I just came into Manchester. Right. 92. So <laughs> the new kid, you were older. How many so, years ago was that? That was funny. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Do the math. But um, so my sister was a little older than me. And so obviously she was a bit of an influence and she wanted to take care of her little brother. And so um, in the early 90s, the gap was huge. Um, what was the other store? Uh, rugby shirts were, were big. Chess King. Remember Chess, Chess King? King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that, that summer, uh, my sister like, you know, we went school shopping together and we basically just bought every braided belt in the gap, khakis, and then these brown new buck leather shoes. Yeah, I remember them. They had, and then at the bottom, wasn't it like kind of like a racer-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the soles? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were the red. Yeah, they were just new. Like if you look, at, they were called Do you new. remember where you bought them or something? It had to be the gap or like. I doubt I bought mine at the gap. Mm. You probably went to like. Uh, yeah, I was strictly cons- uh, consignment. Geez, consignment. Thank I you. was strictly like recycled clothes consignment. The original. Yeah, hipster. before. Yeah, before it kind of blew up. Yep. And then yeah. So go ahead. So I remember I left the history class. I made a right, and I saw you, and you were just like staring at me. I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> Did I have purple hair at that time? <laughs> probably. <but> you, <laughs> such you're you're so weird, and I'm and and I'm like. And you had this smirk and, you know, I had a sense of humor. I'm yeah. like, okay. 
and and you were older, so I, I was the I, new I, kid I was in, in school. You were too, the new and kid. I came in right in. Balls, I know, like guns blazing. Yeah, and then in your freaking Weasley voice, you were like, "You're copying my shoes." <laughs> 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 Beginning of a lifelong friendship. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> somehow that won you over. <laughs> I think it was because you were carrying I around. I think I called you a poser. Is yes. that still a word these days? I don't know, but I think you were also carrying a waffle maker. Uh, I know. I used to tr- so I used to take a waffle maker into school before. Not, I explained this. So I used to take a waffle maker or like garden hoses, all this kind of shit. And right before guidance, when everybody was like walking in, it's congregating and it's busy as hell in the morning before class. Um, I guess everyone's heading to their homeroom. I would just throw that shit right in front of guidance. And they'd be like stepping over a garden hose, wa- waffle maker, all kinds of shit. So, it's so funny. I yeah, remember. I was a fucking asshole. It was. Um, so right when I was really getting involved with you guys. Oh, I should I should have asked for one. <laughs> Hit me up, Barkeep. Um, so I was. Uh, do you remember? We were s- explaining the. These guys are back. Explaining when I first met Jim, and I like called him a poser because of his shoes. And shit. <laughs> it's like that before this any any of this happened, where we were friends, like just just judging me. <laughs> I know. You know, it, it think back on that, and there was a lot of people that got angry at you. Yeah, and would go. He never did. Like he always kind of. Laughed it off and was curious about it. I think who Jim? I think yeah. So. He never oh, like, yeah. yeah. He never like yeah. You could no get, because that's why that's why we're friends because I understood and it was like similar to like yeah. the Beastie Boys. Like if you could get the inside baseball yeah. on what they were that's saying, kind of like, what it was it was kind of was, like yeah. Do you remember the the summer before it, that year was when mm-hmm. I met you in summer school? Yeah. So it, and damn, it you went so, to summer school. So <laughs> didn't I, take you for a summer school, dude. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but there was like a silly reason for it. Like yeah, I didn't. It was sure. like a. There, there, there was uh, it was a cleric error. Yeah, yeah sure. mine too. <laughs> um, I remember I rem- the first time I saw you because uh, <laughs> you guys I, we all knew from Oakdale. We all lived together. Yeah, we- but you, Bill and I were in the top of Let the me stands. Explain there real quick because other people aren't you listening. Just set the yeah. table for that Jim, whole. Jim, Jim lived out in a different part of the same town, and. The rest of us all West kind Manchester. of, yeah, we all grew up in the same street or so. So Jim's east kind of side. on the outskirts of our town. We were from side. the east side and we were actually, I moved in later, but myself, Chris, Sean, and Bill all lived around, mm-hmm. Bill lived on the damn intersection, but we were all pretty much around that intersection of Oakdale and 2nd. And uh, I had a long, like, two two block walk two down there. I had to have to continue because I don't think I've heard this before. But no, I just, it was like some type of uh, pep rally thing, Halloween uh, costume contest oh thing God. out on the football field. And I remember specifically Bill and I sitting, standing next to each other at the top of the bleachers. And you, I think you were dressed as Elvis or something. And we were like, yo, that dude's cool. <laughs> like we thought, <laughs> like you never say that about dudes. You were like, oh my God, I want to be friends with that guy. Or like, Especially because <laughs> I was, you were, I was an underclassman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what year it was, how old you were, how old we were, but I, we just thought like, oh my God, that dude, he's one of us basically. Yeah. <laughs> we thought. Dude, that's really funny because it was, it was a Halloween pep rally. That's right. I remember and this. And for whatever reason people elected me to be a part of the Halloween or the costume contest. And so I was what I called disco man. And, and I, I didn't know what to do. I just went into my dad's closet. I pulled out old clothes. I remember Jay Jankowski like brought his dad's like 
platform shoes over because I wanted it. I was going to gonna say, you got that shit from your dad because it looked yeah. just like Tony Monero yeah, from so, Saturday Night Fever. At the but the crazy, end. this is probably the most uncharacteristic thing I've ever done in my life. So I get in, like I, I just show up to school in this 70s gear and everyone was less like, giving me high fives and like, yo, like what, this is the greatest thing, right? And so I get elected to do, to be a part of this costume contest and whoever was, was the, you know, probably a gym teacher was the MC and they're like, what are you? And I was just like frozen. So I said, I'm disco man. And then I started dancing. Yeah, and that's when we were like, yeah, this dude, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I, think, I started you doing know what the John Travolta. Yeah, but you did it well. I remember, cause you were out, cause we were all, they got a picture of this, like the, it's just, a huge bleacher with half the school on it and then a couple people out by the field and then they introduced him and I remember this vividly like you did the whole it yeah. just kind of worked in rhythm and, and the place went nuts for yeah, a while that, like the, that was like, my coming out yeah. that, that's what uh, put me on the map and that was <laughs> on the map <laughs> I became a, a Manchester Hawk that day right <laughs> she's speaking of Hawk shit and you just, I don't know what you were talking about before but it triggered a memory you know, in the beginning of school, before, like, homeroom, they would have the gates up, and everyone would, like, hang out in the same hallway yeah. Yeah. for, like, a long time, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And I guess I found, uh, I think my perverted father had, like, some old dirty <laughs> magazine that I found, but it was, like, not Playboy, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, Hustler, swank, Hustler. Swank. Like, the chick was, like, holding open everything, oh. you know what I mean? Like, gyne- gynecological exam. <laughs> And I had Something duct tape. Something you'd find at Krausers. So I cut that shit out, had duct tape, and I put it on the wall. And so, like, when everyone was, like, hanging out, no one saw, you know, and then when we all went to class for homeroom, that was, like, the most disgusting, perverted yeah, picture was, like, funny. left on the wall for a while. <laughs> Some dude when we were kids did that to the, ice and slapped truck. it right on the ice, ice cream right, truck. right, covered up the ice cream with that. Remember, in our <laughs> That's neighborhood, terrible for little in our kids neighborhood, we had a ice cream lady who was easily 500 pounds. Oh, we used to torture those oh, icy Oh, my people. God. This, and her son was in the back, and clearly they... We're not the richest people, and I don't think they were the smartest either. But they were. We were terrible to them. And one time, yeah, we bought food from them. <laughs> no, we, I'm the time that she pulled up out front of the house, and one person's distracting while they're purchasing all this candy, and we the other didn't ones do this, by the way, taking Playboy pictures and putting them over all the the ice cream, you know, yeah. pictures like the bomb pop or the uh, chip witch. It was just taped pornographic pictures and then we got what we wanted and she drove down the street. Damn, that's bad. <laughs> right. Well, real, real quick story on that note before we go back to what we were talking about. So my, one of my real professional jobs out of college, I was a substitute teacher yes, sir. Um, for the same high school that we attended. And so this was during the time that we all lived in the Wellington piece. Uh, the Wellington piece, as we know, was a, not the Barnegat house that was the original college flop house. This was the semi-adult version of a flop house, but we all had jobs. A little more and, and mature. Went, a little bit more mature. So uh, we were all living there, and uh, I was a, a long-term, a, a teacher had fallen sick long-term, so I was the long-term substitute. So I, after a couple of months in, I was a bona fide teacher, uh, you know, to the school or to the kids, right? He and was so, Mr. Amon at that point. Yeah. And so uh, I was bringing my lunch to school, and I was living at this clown house, and uh, so... <laughs> One of the first days of school, I get into the, the teacher faculty room, you, you know, and, and so I'm sitting down, which the most bizarre thing in the world is like having lunch with the man that taught you history or having lunch with the principal, you know, just 
eight years later, six years later, or whatever it is. And um, so I, I reach into my bag and I'm starting to pull out like my food and my lunch and I just feel this paper and I pull it out and it's this centerfold of this nasty, raunchy, <laughs> no, naked you, woman that intern Dan and Rob put in my lunch. <laughs> no, you start, it, 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 we put it in there, but he got the... I don't know where the Playboy magazine came from. We lived there for four years. It was only one Playboy magazine and it was there for fucking the entire time. But flipping through it, there were two, what I assume were lesbians, and one of them had a strap on. on. And so there were various pictures of them in different positions. And there was one where the other girl had her mouth around the strap on. And Jim's like, Jim got mad and was like, who's that benefiting? I lost it. I laughed forever. Can then you show we, penetration the, if it's a strap I on? I don't know. But we ripped the thing out. <laughs> he, we ripped the thing out and folded it up and put it in his lunch. And then he went to school and pulled it out. And then he's looking at this picture of like Mr. Lister what, sitting across from back in. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was like, I, cause I quickly, and, and they looked at me and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to own this now, now that I'm a counterpart, you yeah. know, like I'm a colleague and I'm like, yep, my roommates, and they, they all started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So listen, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back to before your bathroom break here. All right. Th- this could be, I just want to get your real visceral reaction to this song. Dope song. It's the only one he did that was good. That's really Sean. I like it. Ooh, Chris, I'm sorry oh, to put you on blast there. You know when you guys were out, he played it, and of course I com- completely destroyed it. Yeah, and I was like, I was waiting for. Oh yeah, I deserve that. I guess. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait till those guys are back. Damn. All right, so I we I didn't mean to cut you off with your hip hop list, but is there anything else that you want to showcase? No, just no? A, real quick, are you guys more low end or uh, tribe speaking or Midnight Mar- Marauders? I, I thought about it many times. I can't get away from Midnight I, Marauders. I know. It's still I think my that's favorite. more from my heart. I guess yeah. that's the one that really. Yeah. yeah, I I love them both, but that one will always be the the one for me. Yeah, I know uh, low end better. Do you? So, yeah. Mm. Um, That's why I listen to that more, more often. Yeah, there's some great songs on it. There's yeah, I go. But they're they're from even the abstract. To me. I got. No, I just I can't. Can, can I go? Can I go way back? Mind mm-hmm. if I go way back? I, I don't even know if this is another one of those. It's like that Tom Tom song where everyone knows it and it's been sampled. But and this is. Playlist, I got goosebumps. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like yeah. I wanted to run. <laughs> I know all music genres they evolve and things change and they don't stay the same, but I just. 
don't feel it with most modern hip hop yeah, at but all. I think it's like, like every, that, I bet you I it's like everything. It. Yeah. I, may, I bet you will circle back to like more stripped down, like uh, honest hip hop. Yeah, I want to. I, w- I would like to, but I, I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm not, not finding. Th- there's a couple that that we. I mean, that Earl Sweatshirt one was definitely mm-hmm. different. That was. Yeah. I felt like it was more. There's. I know there's more out there. I just haven't been compelled to explore it. Well, it's kind of like what you said about '80s music. There's nothing raw. There's no like real emotion. No, yeah. everything's yeah. everything's contrived. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, and all the hooks are usually auto-tuned and auto-tuned. But there, yeah. and I don't think there's a lot of lyrical depth. But in did it. you no like comedy in it either? The kids, you know, my kids I teach, they like. Uh, we're talking about the Coachella lineup. I don't know if you looked at it this year. There's no, like, I, didn't, I didn't. I looked at it. And uh, it's like it's, it seems like there's hardly any yeah. like musicians. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? There's like no bands really? hardly at all. It's been stolen, huh? They took that thing over. I think Rock's dead. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about you, what do you think about yeah, I just saw Tame and Paula. What do you think about them? I've, I love I, them. The that last album, Currents, is if I had to do top three albums. I would say the one before that even is I, I love, love it better. Yes, Lonerism. When that that used to be my favorite from them by far. Like I love that. It almost sounds like John Lennon. Type mm-hmm. vocals, um, and spaced out like psychedelic. But I think currents moved to like no guitars or anything like that. I know, but there's something about that. It took a little bit to click, but I would put currents as like top three album right mm-hmm. now for me. Like I love Team and Paul. I haven't. I like a lot of it, but I don't love it as much as Lonerism. I get I that. I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's more. It sounds like Sunny. Sunny music for me. I usually uh, like, for real. And then I saw. Yeah, if I had to listen to it, it sounds like to me. And then the I, opening it's more track was on like a Volkswagen or Audi commercial. Yeah, like, I could mm. see commercials buying that stuff yeah. up. So th- this is one of my favorite team songs. God yeah. See now That's this is nice. See man. this is me in a park. Yeah yeah you, you know. I, tell me if you think. Uh, I mean I don't know them. Dude, I could go on about this album. Yeah, I love this album. I don't know the song specifically. I know I've listened to the album. Do they remind you of Yola Tango at all? No, like, really. I don't know why that one. They, I, to think of them. This maybe, thing is maybe. so. This thing is so chill. This yeah. album. Do you like that's Tame Impala? Yeah, yeah, big time. I would. Uh, damn, I want. This. I would. Put, I want to see them bad. Yeah. We, we that's funny go. that remember you say we that. All fell through with that. Yeah, I. I remember I had tickets for the Tower Theater like a couple years ago. And I just sold them. We were all going to go and then it just, everyone fell through at the same time. It just really? like, yeah, it didn't. Where was I? So speaking of the sunny park, uh, or being out in the park, I do want to uh, let you guys know that I did take on your challenge and, and watch yeah. the Grateful Dead documentary. This is a dead cast song. Sure. It, <laughs> it was very good. Um, and I think where... I, Chris, I think you may have said, watch the documentary and then something would go off and like, you'll understand it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went through it. I went through all the chapters or whatever they called it, but I got to the one that I thought was going to infuriate me the most. And it was the one titled Deadhead. That's mm-hmm. immediately what I thought of when I watched it right? the first time. So, this is what. so for those listening, um, Martin Scorsese produced a documentary. It was a six part series on the Grateful Dead and it cr- uh, chronologized you know the the history of the band and then um towards the end i think it was chapter five um it profiled you know when the band got bigger than the band right and when it became a machine and uh talked about all the different sects of people 
you know, started to go to dead shows and all the things that we made fun of in high school and all the intolerant things that, you know, the culture and hobby thing that drives me nuts. Um, but they had this one guy in, and Al Franken was in the episode, which I thought was interesting. Um, I was talking about my favorite song too. Yeah. But there, the other guy in that episode, he was he was a heavy set guy, and I, I don't I don't know. He didn't, He's like a big Twitter personality. Actually, is he? See, guy. I yeah. wish he. I didn't know if he was a celebrity or some type of journalist. He like or, talks a lot. He I think he wrote a book about like autism or like something it, to do with autism. Oh, that's or interesting. Learning, I didn't learning know that. disabilities. That guy. Okay, yeah. but there was a there was a segment where he was talking, and you know, the guy in the suspenders, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said, you know, I've done hallucinogenics no less than 100 times throughout my life. And he goes on about how he's describing all the different facets of people that, that go to these shows. And he said, you know, the way that I could associate the dead or going to a dead show is when you take hallucinogenics, you know, you're always on the verge of figuring out some cosmic meaning to something. And then it's just right at that moment that you have something figured out metaphysically it goes away mm -hmm. and then they piped in stella blue mm. and like the lyrics were kind of like building up and then it just kind of vanished and i'm like damn for whatever reason that was like a light bulb moment for me you mean you got a song now <clears throat> i know <laughs> i guess but i think watching the documentary and the way that that was produced and edited yeah, yeah. and his explanation to say you know just on the verge of figuring out because you know they were also talking about um jerry's co-writer uh, the Robert guy, hunter the hunter guy right yeah. and so you know and just trying to understand um you know what made the the dead special and, and why people followed and, and then they started talking about okay well this section of people would like sit next to the stage where uh bob weir was or this is where jerry was and then the spinners and then you had mm -hmm. all those assholes whatever no <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay but the way he described it with the hallucinogen you know just almost connecting to some cosmic metaphysical meaning to something and mm. it just pff, it just i don't know i don't know why it stuck with me so but bought you bought what, into it a bit a, uh, yeah yeah totally and what it's like think, <clears throat> i think i brought it up on one of the other podcasts and was questioned about it like they they represent the quintessential american band like the spirit of america like there was no they didn't go in for the money. They didn't go in for record deals. They yeah. were just live musicians, and that's all they were going to do. And, and Jerry, Jerry was a bit them. of a player. He was, <laughs> and, but he also was the guy who never made decisions. He never, yeah. he never like. Had, I'm not weighing in. I'm not going to infringe on what you think you want to do. Yeah. Which, yeah. for better or worse, obviously for better because they kept going. But uh, it, there was there's something about the the idea of America and the quintessential American. Ben, if you had to pick one, I think they would be it. I would yeah. pick them for that, and most people might not I've been feel the same way. A lot of them lately, and I said before, I hated Bob songs, but I've grown to like them, me tolerate too. them. Same but, thing happened with me. But none of them are the ones that give me that like real yeah. transcendent feeling, like oh my god, this is incredibly amazing. Yeah, I didn't think it would get anything like. Uh, was going to change your life or be euphoric. I just think eventually it's going to click to the point that you understand the. Um, the vibe yeah, yeah no no i got i got the vibe did you and think it was kind of cool I, I i completely think it's fascinating that directly connected to the beat writers of oh, the yeah. early day via yeah. neil cassidy yeah. who they yeah. hung out with and wrote about bob weir's song uh the other one from the uh i think it was from anthem of the sun is about neil cassidy and this guy this fucking almost larger than hunter s thompson figure who 
basically lived this wild lifestyle unhinged and influenced the generation they were with this guy and it, so it kind of dates back it's just kind of maybe we like should a, all read jack Kerouac's on the road i before, should read it again before, uh, before yeah, a podcast i, I, should yeah. read that. I haven't read that in so like, that since, <laughs> since i was a kid yeah Man. so funny story about that book one of the the first i mean obviously that's in, in your adolescence reading a book like that i was in college when i was reading it uh, it was spring break i was uh i was home i didn't do any of the Bahamas, you know, the Mexico or any of the crazy <laughs> spring break, spring break, spring break. So, so I was home on the couch reading on the road. Greatest book, greatest male book, you know, teenage explorative, explorative kind of like manifest destiny. My dad comes in the house after mowing the lawn. What is this hippie shit? No, he goes, you read now? What are you, a faggot? <laughs> oh, my God. That's the man who raised me. Imagine he was my dad. I would have been a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so that, you know, maybe we can save an episode as to my relationship with my father. But um, that was that, that, that was the epitome. And, wait till um, you get him in here. Oh, I can't wait. Will he come clean? And, and I will say, well, no, we've made amends. I think somewhere around yeah. 28. He, I think it was interesting. The yeah. other day you texted, you said my father called me. For the second time in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong? I'm yeah. all that. <laughs> so, um, I so need more of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, bringing it back to uh, the Grateful Dead. Um, Segway. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about your weekend last week. My weekend. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was Gonzo. Oh, yeah? Gonzo. Gonzo. Hey, you want to explain that I reference? Was, I remember we started. I lived the story. I participated in the story. Um, it wasn't journalistic in nature. It was just fun. A fear and loathing. In fear, uh, I went a little fear and loathing in Atlantic City. Ooh, <laughs> that's you know? more pain and suffering. Um, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of it that's hard for me to recall, to, to bring back. And I thought about this a lot when we've had discussions about this, about how far or honest you want to be about your life on this podcast. And I've always been of the opinion of fuck it. That's right. Authenticity, baby. Don't have a lot. I mean, this is... Don't have a lot to lose personally. In essence, this is supposed to be just about how we used to talk in the garage, but I guess there's more to lose. Yeah. Yes. There, first up. And so uh, I will... Uh, Come on. Don't get... Chris, was, you just threw him off the rail there. Was, he was yeah, heading was down a good path. Sorry. <laughs> it was an experience I, I put myself in purposely and I don't could think be Rob slightly frowned upon in... Uh, in general society, not in maybe the circles I've run with or are associated with, so I, I don't, I don't mind saying it. So, I work at a bar two days a week, and every year there's a Christmas party. But the Christmas party isn't around Christmas because Christmas is a busy time of year. So they wait till, till uh, about the second week in February after the Super Bowl. It's a dead time, Sunday and a Monday night, and I. Usually only only uh, reserve Sunday night because I don't know if I can do two days of this debauchery. Not to mention Atlantic City is an ugly, ugly place to be in February on a Sunday after midnight. I don't know how many of you people have ever done that. but So it would be easier you know, for me to conjure this up. You can ask me all the questions you want. but I, So I show up there with about... There's maybe... Maybe about a dozen other people. Mm-hmm. My boss, lovely woman. Who, so, so and she's a. Her and her boyfriend are on the bar. They they uh, they are big gamble. They, they like to go down to AC and gamble and 
for some reason, this guy is the luckiest son of a bitch I've ever fucking met. He's constantly up. You know, is she so, hot? <laughs> <laughs> she is. Sean's default question. <laughs> she is. She's a very attractive woman. Absolutely. But um, so they get this. Uh, they get this suite, and her, and she's very generous. I gotta say, she's very generous. And they get a nice bottle of whiskey for Christmas, high end whiskey, and so does everybody else. And they get these suites. They get a suite, and then a bunch of other rooms because they get comps. So. Everyone, few customers. Do you, do you mind if I play a little background music? Uh, absolutely. Here? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, try, I'm trying to play. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It is good. It's going to have to turn into White Rabbit soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I'll just say we went a little fear and loathing in Atlantic City. So I, I get down there. Everybody else, this is. A lot of the people that I'm working with, this is like the highlight. They, yep. they love this shit. They live for this weekend. Another guy I work with who's a, a professional person during the week, he works one day a week there, and this is his, like, um, so I can give a shit. who brings the goodie bag? So, I think a little bit of everybody brings a goodie bag, except for me. I, I went down there with a six-pack of Sour Monkey. Okay. <laughs> Knowing the folks I'm going to be around, I'll be... Taken care of. Okay. If, that, if, if that's what I'm looking for. And I went okay. down there with no expectations. And I, <laughs> a person that I met while working there is. Do you go with any, I'd sorry. Do you go with any idea that you're even going to gamble? No, not at all. Just I'm sorry. Like that, let me zoo? preface this. Like because a lot of these guys the go, or like the guy, that the co-owner <laughs> of the bar, the, the owner's boyfriend who, he's, he's a gambler and uh-huh. he really you know, and most of the guys that go down there, they're all over the tables. I know nothing of gambling. Sports gambling, I don't know anything about. I mean, slot machines, there's nothing to know. You pull the handle, you win, you don't. But uh, I don't know anything about gambling. I don't know the variables. I don't know. When I hear him talking on the radio, I feel almost feel foolish. So I don't open my mouth and I don't, that's not an appetite I have. So it's just like a big playground for you. For me. Yeah. yeah and and, uh, it, and an ugly playground. So... <laughs> I walk into the room late, most later than most people. They're already there. They're, they're, you know, the whole place reeks of weed and and there's booze all over the place. And I walk in and you know, I get the hug from everybody. And another a friend of mine that I've learned, uh, you know, a lot from this gentleman <laughs> on many different planes, walks right over to me and just. What What do you mean? You learn a lot. From well. It, I was going to go around this the cosmos? using like, the cosmos, the cosmos and, and okay. a lot of people, substance music too. Actually, he's introduced me to a lot of different music. He's, he's <laughs> an awesome guy, but he walks right over to me and sticks something on my tongue. Oh, and, uh, I took it willingly. His dick. Oh. His dick? <laughs> <laughs> and right in front of everybody. Now it's in my head. A couple, and uh, well, and I've had a little experience with this in the past. And uh, uh, he puts this on my tongue, and everybody. It's at that point, it's just a whirlwind. I mean, there's there's like ten people in there. There's booze. There's all everybody's talking. Volume. It's loud. You're like. Yep. Five different people talking to you at once. You, there's not a real conversation I'm you're really having with anybody. I'm caught in this story with this music right now. Not, Good, I'm glad it's working. No conversation we're really having that makes any sense. I'm like, all right, let me just drop my stuff upstairs. 
before I forget to do that. And I come back down, and my experience with this is that it doesn't always come on. Right away? Right away. Mm. This time, 20 minutes. Wow. My hands are shaking a little. And I'm, I'm chilling like, oh, this is going to be a night. And then I, I remember texting all of you guys, keeping that, just to keep up with the... Uh, I, I also think I texted you my hotel room. You did. Just, just so in case <laughs> so I need to ask you guys later. But that's never happened. I've never gone that far with See, this but kind you of know thing. what? It's, if there's anything that, you know, even in our young age of our exploratory phases, we were always very safe. Safe. We, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's, yeah. I'm sorry. There's some people in the room that are lines they'll cross that I'm not prepared to or I just don't, you know. They, and I think they kind of respect that. They don't try to drag me over them. I know there's a line. Yeah, I'm not going there. I know there's more of the shame or whatever you feel in the next morning. There's more of the, the scare than actually going across that line. So, mm. but I, after this stuff started to go, I started to feel it. The little creep in the butterflies in the stomach and the corners of your mouth just start to curl <laughs> up a little bit. <laughs> and you're looking and then slowly, but surely you start to not give a fuck about anything around. You're not worried about anything. Fast forward a little while. I'm down on the casino floor with a group of people. That's now, just, now is, it, is it visual at this point? No. No. No, it's just, it feels, it's just a feeling that comes up on you. and mm. Things are starting it, to get it, a little funny. It was, and it came on, it just came on quickly, much quicker than I've ever remembered. Mm. And it was explained to me before that this, uh, fear and loathing substance was printed or or it was it was actually put onto old Grateful Dead ticket stubs. Oh my god. Wow. So really going all in there. Yeah, somebody and the whole backstory on where he got Here, it. Here man, I've got yeah. a stamp for you. It, it Jerry Garcia's a kill, bro. Like, Wanna I, see the stars, bro? I walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in the room, a hand went around my neck, on my tongue, hug, boom. Everybody's it's just mayhem in the room. Eventually, you feel it creeping up, and we're still in there. And I'm like, "All right," and we spill out. On so, how many how many other people did he hug and drop? Uh, about ten. Oh, about ten. If I could, if I can go. It, I'm All, sorry. Okay. At so, the time, it was about four. I may have been responsible for the other six <laughs> afterwards, and uh, it it turned into uh, us going down to the casino floor. And there was one part where an hour in, and then you start to lose. I guess you, you kind of just don't worry about time anymore. There's just like, it, it's not a construct. It's just, you're out there on the casino floor and there's lights and there's noises and ding, 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 ding. And we're all kind of hovering around this round, uh, you know, all the slot machines kind of are in like a circle back to back. Yep. And I'm out there and all of a sudden I'm just like, holy shit. This is the best experience I've had with this. Now and there's other guys that are too. I mean, I've got my arm around people who are like, oh, "You don't care about the slobs, basically slobs all around you in the right, slot machine." Right. <laughs> and uh, I pictured it in my mind's eye because uh, it, it was like it was literally because like it, because now you have a portal was, to your mind's eye, was, that third eye. The mind, the mind's eye was just literally like it hit me, and it was like a quick acceleration. It was like six gear, like boom, <laughs> boom. And I'm like. And no fear, no fear. I know a lot of people can go down rabbit holes. Yep. I don't know. I've had some uncanny ability to not 
yeah. what do fall you into do? The, do you just walk I around? I don't know. There's something I kind of tell myself, especially in that area where we're walking around, but just like you got your blinders on. This is a disgusting place. If anybody's been to Atlantic City, period, let alone 4.30, or this wasn't 4.30 at the time. It was about midnight on a Sunday night in February. <laughs> it's not the cream of the crop that you're seeing on the casino floor. <laughs> that alone gives me anxiety. I know. So uh, I, you, you guys had texted me and asked me, how do you get through that? And I'm like, because it's just like visiting the zoo. This isn't my life. This is a one-day vacation. We're going to look at this, and we're going to laugh, and we're just going to go home after it's that. Amazing. And, amazing. And it works. It, if I just, could just interject, yeah. I messed around with it not too long ago, yeah. and I take lithium because I'm really fucked up in the head and everything. And so I learned later that that's like the worst combination you could I probably do. I would imagine do. that really? would be scary. So to when do. I was in the throes of it, it, I thought I had two choices, either like just fucking be cool and ride it out. Or I thought I had to kill myself because I would not be That's able to. Scary shit. Because right? it would never go away. I thought it would never go away. Uh, I've, I've so you convinced it. yourself of that? I thought like either I have to like, like I either I have to trust that it will go away. Or at some point, I have to realize it's never going to go away, and the only thing I could do is kill myself to get rid of it. Damn. Wow. So what did you do? <laughs> oh. I, it went away. So yeah, the, the, <laughs> but it, it was fucking torture. I think that's always on so, the fringe. Absolute like, torture. You're, you're always thinking that that's a possibility. I just I would have rather have never you put this beer can on my ass to yeah. do that again. Really? Yeah. See, I I, I wouldn't hesitate. Besides the stupid long hangover you might get from it not sleeping no problem with it i never had i don't know why but here, here's that was me before that. this that was me before this one yeah uh, it's, i think it was a com- no, it was the the combination stuff. That, it, oh, th- this. oh so you, it was the medication i think i was on but and then right. doing it was a just not a good but combo what was i i feel like environment setting surrounding all plays a factor. Yeah, and mine should have been fucking mine, horrible. I've done it before with the same environment setting. I think it was the medication, yeah. Okay. Mine, that being said, this should be fucking horrible. Horrible right. in a right. casino on a on a Sunday night in February, late Sunday night into Monday morning. Oh, man. But the, the one thing, while it was hitting this level where everyone was around me and it's just like faces, ha, 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 like everyone, um. And, and uh, so it was a full it was auditory it, uh, auditory and no but then that started to, to trigger the visuals like you're seeing like little swirlies because the lights are all going too so everything you look at just even stationary there'll be like little fringe it's not like like you'll turn into a swirl but there's little swirls around you little swirls yeah. here and there and it, it, it was fun and I just started to laugh I want to take the lights down. Nothing. I take my kids, you know, if we take them to the playground and then just let them loose. Yeah. There's a thousand kids there and they're all screaming and they're going up and down slides and they're just like chaos. I feel like that's what you did there. In between tables and like blackjack and... I don't know what it is. what were you doing? All the noises. Nothing. I was walking. I was literally walking around, kicking my feet up, walking over, seeing a band, then walking back to these guys who were gambling. None of it made any sense. And then, but I also had the feeling of like my blood, like it was in my blood and it was just racing through my veins. It was like the Incredible Hulk series. You remember when he <laughs> sat there, David Banner? Yeah. Like if you look that up on YouTube where he's like, David Banner, and like, and he's tried to figure this shit out. And then you see the blood running through the gamma yeah. radiation. That's what I had in my mind's eye. I'm like, and I, it, then it, a little bit later, I don't, the, the time completely got up and I really wish I can remember everything that happened, but there was a point where I took over the fucking room. 
I took over. Like, like that was it. I stood up. I was the loudest person. I was <laughs> yelling. But everything I said that maybe made no sense, and I was using, like, like bigger words than most of the people around me and putting them into this, like, weird... It was firing on all cylinders. I mean, like, I did not stumble. Everything... Mm. Choo, 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 choo. I was firing it off. I, I took over the room, and then... I think that what ended up being the, the thing that most of the people I was with remember now is we were by the roulette tables and there no smoking here or there, or whatever. It was just weird. And they had, there was a security guard that was literally four foot five and less than a hundred pounds. I'm like, why is this guy a security guard in a casino? You could blow him over. We started talking to him and he just didn't even have anything to say. And then yeah. about the smoking and I was bullshitting. I wish I could remember. And then we turn around and there's this guy standing there, balding, Older gentleman. Was he a real guy? Or a real guy. I was going to ask the same thing. With a cigar, who happened to be listening. And that was it for him for the rest of the night. I fucking caught sights with this guy, dragged him in, started saying the craziest shit to him. I really, like, you are at a crossroads, my friend. From here, I, I can't even remember. He probably thought you were a lunatic. He did, but he, the <laughs> either that or he just me. like deconstructed his life and yeah, like that's now what he it was. was a prophet. Like that's what it was. He was smoking the Messiah, and this guy's a disciple. Yeah. Just like Start follow. talking to him. Short of it, he was Bill, a defense attorney from Long Island, who comes down to Atlantic City. I'm like, now you look like a guy who's hanging out with Belmont with a bunch of uh, stubs in between your fingers and your fat cigar. There, you're Big Al. <laughs> and this guy's like, just oh, you go to Belmont? I'm like, no, but you do, and you didn't listen to me. Big Al, come over here. And I basically, from that point, abused this guy for the rest of the night. It was insane that, that uh, uh, and, and poor Big Al, from there on out, with, with 10 people following me, it was like I was in charge. Like, they were following me all over. And then somebody could go, Rob, come over here. You're the Pied Piper. Right, it was the Pied Piper. And it turned, you know... It, there's a lot of gaps in between that's hard to explain. Any questions you want to know, please feel free to ask. But there was, there was a point where, where we were sitting there, and it, it, if you've done this substance, this was uh, uh, like was explained to me, the person who gave it to me, when I first started working at a bar, like, yeah, I know this substance. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to it. I'm like, there's no such thing. What? It's bullshit. Wow. No so joke. He, he's like the Joe Rogan yeah, of LSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, and uh, I had to compliment him. I'm like, dude, this is different than anything I've experienced before. It was, it was clean. It was, it was raging, but comfortable. Mm. Like it, and so I this, turned this into was a the way it was intended maniac. to be. I guess. I guess. Sounds so. like sounds like you are um, back on the path. <laughs> I don't know what path it was or well, where it led. I mean, going forward, yeah, Rainbow yeah. Rob, Rainbow <laughs> Captain Rainbow. Trips. But it it so uh, this poor bastard, Big Al. After many conversations, and, and even though I kind of was like taken over, there were people could just go, "Come on, we're going up," and I'd follow. And Big Al followed. Big Al got in the elevator. I never told Big Al to come up to our room. Did you get Big Al's card just in case? No, I He's think... A, he is I, a defense attorney. Uh, he is a defense attorney. <laughs> we ended up going upstairs. He still got his stogie, and we're walking into a room with uh, uh, one of the customers that, that's become a friend, and he's like, Rob, I didn't invite this guy up here. I'm like, I didn't either. And he's like, 
what the hell is he doing here? I'm like, I don't know. And I slammed the door in Big Al's face. Big Al had to go back down to the casino floor. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it was sad, but I, it, he can't be a very good defense attorney because he's a fucking dimwit. <laughs> well, Because I, I ended up back downstairs I, by myself, and I was like, you know, he, I feel bad. He's thinking of Al's face while he walks away he, with the he, door he's shut Slightly balding. He's the kind of guy who has a cigar, and he el- opens his mouth real wide before he takes it. Oh. And He probably hit that button anyway. on the elevator, like... And yo, Sean's out. You're out. I gotta go. All right, right. kid. Later, man. Hold down the fort. We're we're gonna text me your exit song. So we're gonna we're gonna let you choose the exit song. All right. Oh yeah. We each get an outro. You're up, Sean. Anything you want. It's gonna be ridiculous. Love you. (laughs) Peace. No, it, it wasn't much flow to it anyway, just kind of like that night. But it was in my head. It was, it, was, uh, it was raging. And there was points where I, I don't know how to describe the flow that was coming out of me. It just was just coming out. It was just coming out. I mean, anytime anybody – I was diagnosing coworkers with their problems out loud in front of other people. Shit that – But that's what I'm saying. Like this – it sounds like, you know – when you talk, when you hear about this this substance from its origination in the '60s and mm-hmm. the way that the military or the sure. way that you know uh, medical doctors would do clinical trials, mm-hmm. I mean this this sounds like what it was intended for. I mean, but, although I, it was recreational, I, I mean the the reaction and the that third portal, as yeah. you said, was awakened. It, it was, but it wasn't profound. It never has been profound. Like you said about like right on the cusp of something cosmic. Other things may have led me closer to that than this particular one. This has just been straight yeah, but up you, comedy. But you, you adopted to your environment. So uh, that's it, impressive. Pretty, pretty easy. And then, but took it over. Like, I, I, I'm not sure how to describe exactly how I took it over. I had 10 people in tow laughing at every fucking thing I said. And then this guy became the target and the muse Poor Big Al. Like one time, we're standing by you a, know a slot machine, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Big Al, I don't know what <laughs> kind of s- shadow dwelling sw- slot wizards or casino floor vermin you need to conjure up to get my fucking twenty dollars out of that machine." But do it now! <laughs> and, and the guy stands, he backs up and stands up. He's like. I, I can't do anything. What, what the fuck are you following me for then, Al? If you're no good to find your fucking ilk, people of similar ilk that know these machines oh better than me. Oh, my God. I just, and it was firing. Now, was he, he was completely unaware. Unaw- that, no, I told him. After oh, a while, I'm oh, like, it'll oh, change oh. your life, Al. But the and, best part is, so what's his back? Does he have a family? I don't know. He, oh. This is another, the only other thing I remember saying to him, because he, Long Island, I'm like, what bar do you guys work at? And somebody said, oh, it's about 45 minutes straight with no traffic just fucking around with him. Yeah. And I'm like, mile marker 114. He's like, I don't know that. I'm like, how the hell did you get down here? I take the bus. So later on, I remember saying, you know, something, Mel, you and me, with my big picture ideas and dashing good looks (laughs) and your unparalleled legal mind and intimate (laughs) knowledge of interstate transit schedules, there's nowhere we can't go, Al. You fucking listen to me. And the guy's just like, what the? is going on dude uh, I, i'm ready to follow you i uh, it, yeah it, you sound it turned you sound, into your just, new man 
New man, I think it's just buried under there. David Koresh. If I could, I know, let's start a I cult. I was pretty close to it at one point. Rob's garage. I got guys coming up. Now I go back to the bar. I'm already like just this music and this what, story yeah. has already put me out. I go back to the bar and right away, half the people at the bar heard the stories and they're laughing at me before I even get behind the bar. They're like, holy shit, dude, I wish we were there. You're like a legend. I'm like. It's amazing. It, 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 it it's so Damn, man. They're Hard gonna, to put into words exactly They're going to be trying to put squares on your tongue left <laughs> and right. It, Make Rob like that again. Do you know what? It, it, there's, there's some part of it. I don't know what it was that there was. It wasn't like a clear vision of like, oh, I know what, what the cosmos are about. It was just everything was kind of clear there where it was just like just firing. Like I could have been on stage <laughs> right, and right. gotten to laugh somehow. And I, that's not my my thing. I don't know how that would work but it just was just falling out of me the shit that i was saying to these people running around seeing just like ding, 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 ding. and <laughs> just and then you would, walk by that you, alone would drive it, fucking nuts. and then you you, you look at uh because when i got home the next day my friend sent me the uh a, a video clip of uh fear and loathing in las vegas where he is in the bathroom doing and then the one straight guy walks in and he's like, the guy turns around and immediately walks out while he's where Flea is licking uh, liquid acid off the guy's shirt. And he's like, with any luck, his life was ruined forever. And like, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I remember telling this guy from across, or I was told I told this guy from across the thing that, that uh, I felt bad for the poor security guard, but not for you, Big Al. I've done everything I possibly can to break your spirits. If you're not swinging from your shower stall afterwards in pain and flesh... And this guy's just like, what the fuck, man? Well, he, I'm just saying the most horrendous shit to this guy. And he followed us over and over again. And then uh, then somebody took a picture of him the next day in the sports bar, and he was perfectly happy and fine. So I don't think I had any effect on the poor gentleman. It's, but, well, it seems like you have a disciple. I, it's amazing. And so there, now you're just gone. The, the, the in Big Al is somewhere back on Long Island. Probably, or in between Long Island and Atlantic City, uh, as I'm sure he does all the time. We had a discussion about him the next day. Why don't, like, what Big Al's going to tell everybody about this. I'm like, the problem yeah. is Big Al has no one to tell this about. That's yeah. his, yeah. he's a sad human individual. I didn't really hurt the guy at all, and I didn't, it wasn't mean to him. It was I don't, I don't more think comical so. You know what, anything. because you know what, you know what happened? He's the boss in his little world right now, and so he is like dictating, and he's the hot shot and all of that, and so... He comes to Atlantic City and has no idea that he's going to run into Rainbow Rob, yeah, and, and you're going to submit him. Rainbow Rob and his <laughs> band of merry men who are just telling this guy lies. I'm a talent scout. My buddy was like, he's I'm a talent scout looking for a... Talent scout. For a, Not for talent, like your regular talent, but talent as in reality TV show. And I think you got something, Al. He's like, really? Uh, he wasn't buying it, but he's just... He's laughing the whole time, but... But when I, you know, confronted him about getting my money out of the machine, calling him casino floor vermin, he, uh, he was just like, what? I, answering me seriously, I can't do anything about that. I'm like, you know people, Al. I know you fuckers. You, you know how to manipulate this shit. Get him. I, it was... I feel like I'm not doing it justice after this. I, I, I think you're, no, I think you're doing a great job. But I mean, it was, I'm, I'm completely enthralled. It, it was an experience that I don't regret. It hurt no one. It was funny. I, and uh, I would, uh, dare I say, I might try that again sometime. But yeah. Maybe not in that settings. It's not as, it's not as fun. But um, So let it, me ask you this. Yeah. As, um, as 
someone that has maybe uh, spanned generations in, in this experience, mm. as an adult, mm. is it much different than... You know what? I think it. I think it is a little bit where you go to that place in your head, and you're not, where you're not looking at yourself in a after school special kind of colored glasses, where you're that you're that slime ball on the right. right no, you right, know, fuck right. that. I've lived long enough. I don't want to apologize to anybody. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, not experience something because of what's social. See, and I think there's there's a lot of value in because I'm starting to see this now in my life with um, people that are either close or associates mm-hmm. that have a- achieved whether success or just say mm-hmm. you know advanced you know they're older yeah and um, you know their opinions on on subject matters have changed yeah. and and maybe their willingness to experience things have changed and and maybe society at large has changed a little bit on their views of it that too but I, I could think be when wrong, you're when your brain is fully developed yes you know and you have a, a footing under you and mm-hmm. a life ahead you know a life established mm-hmm. and you know are comfortable mm-hmm. you know you can experience things with a different lens than you know, I, I, I think I'd take it to the point where it was like, you know, you, we're going around this thing once and there's no guarantee what happens after this. Why am I going to let the Puritans or the other people, why would I totally. let that wall stop me from doing this? Especially because everything that we grew up with, like I remember health class in so, it was sophomore year. I don't remember her name, Miss Sullivan or whatever it was. And they're trying to teach you that in part half the year in health class, sophomore year was about drugs. And she's talking about, you know, they go on about the other ones, and then they get to hallucinogens. And she plays Lucy in the Sky with Diamond. By that point, I was already a Beatles fan. John Lennon was a hero. And you're going to tell me she's going to play that, and it's going to deter me from doing it? You fucking moron. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So uh, absolutely I'm doing it. All my heroes growing up and everything have had these experiences. So why, why deprive yourself of it? I mean, even though it wasn't, I never found it to be as profound, as, you know, like like cosmically, or I had visions of of this. It always ended up being comedy, which never deterred me either, because I, I mean, laughing for hours on end was healthy as far as I could see. But yeah. there's no way it, it just doesn't. You know, the more I talk about it now, the more I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'd bring it up in front of anybody if I could. But it wouldn't hurt somebody else. We didn't hurt anybody. I didn't hurt anybody else. There was no... No, besides, I mean... Hopefully, I tried my best to damage Al, and he was clearly except damaged Except for before. when you shut the door on his face. Yeah, but he, he had a cigar, and he was like, yeah, I don't want to smoke in there. And then I opened the door again. And yeah, that's what it was, Al, and closed it again. <laughs> but somehow the poor... That's why I felt bad. I actually went downstairs afterwards. I was by myself, and I was sitting at a bar, and I saw him walk by. And I'm like, Al... And I bought him a shot. And this is, I guess, where I actually let him get a word in edgewise. And then he was like, yeah, it was downstairs and I paid six forty-five for a beer. It sucked. I'm like, oh, come on, this is what you're talking about, Al? <laughs> really? This is like, why I didn't give you a chance, This is why I didn't Al. talk to you. I'm like, and then I called somebody else over. I, I got down to a level where I was just like, like, yeah, you know, yeah. And then I heard him talk. And <laughs> being still under the influence, I was like, fuck this. You now, walked away? You know what? I, now I pulled somebody oh. else over. I was like, yo, talk to this guy. He's brilliant. And then 10 minutes later, came over and called him elementary to his face or something like that. Yeah. And just, <laughs> but he didn't. It wasn't. When I say this, it wasn't like me. I've got a law degree from Hofstra University. It wasn't University. me Don't yelling at him like in condescension. It was me just like saying witty things to this guy while he. But uh, uh, yeah, it was. 
It was an experience. I've had a few in the past, and and uh, so so. Tell us about the the day or two after. What's that like? This is where I, the the snobbery comes into play. Where snobbery? Where, yeah, where I said that you know some of the guys in the that I've talked to about this, they're like, yeah. no, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this. Like, I need good okay. stuff. I didn't think that existed. I thought that was bullshit. Right. It's not. This was clean. I had no no strychnine, you know, <laughs> binding up in my muscles and anything like that. I was, it doesn't allow you to sleep. But for, once you do get some sleep. For like a day? Or? No, not for a day. Maybe maybe your eight to 10 to 12 hours. And by the end, you could fall asleep. Especially, if, you know, by the end, I, I had a few drinks and that helps right. to, to fall asleep. Right. And I got about three so hours what, sleep. What would Woke. you say that, so was it a 24 hour experience? No, no, not 12? at all. Yeah, 12 Twelve. I mean, then you go home with the lack of sleep. I didn't go home and take a nap. hours. I know it's a commitment. <laughs> it's a real commitment. <laughs> no, but that no, was, no, no. I meant because I doubled down. Not just I, the no, whole. I just mean like I, trip, what I didn't tell you about this is when it was really raging. I went upstairs and doubled down, and uh, and pushed it a little further. <laughs> oh, so you, you rebooted? I rebooted, and it. it uh, <laughs> you get the urge to listen to any music. You know what? No. No. no, because just there was no way to do it. Al and everybody, everybody around. else too. Though. I mean, there was like ten or twelve people in the room, and they're all partying. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So there was those were a part of the other ten people that. Oh participated? yeah, oh yeah, because I because there was maybe four or five that I knew of. What was their behavior like? I don't know. I dominated just, it. I couldn't. Were they, they were laughing at me. That's all I remember. I don't remember Damn, exactly. You were the alpha. I, I had no idea. What happened? Because there was two, uh, two other people there that I didn't think were even involved because they were friends of the owner. They're older women, older and like when I say that, maybe late forties, fifties, or whatever. Just yeah. people I don't really know, but we're, they were there. We're now older too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they were a little older than me, and they it, I didn't think of them as the type. And uh, and then later on, I found out like, what do you mean you did too? And they're like, yeah, we you went and grabbed a second, and you told us we had to, so we did it. And like. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. You, I wonder why you're still awake. Come to the garage. <laughs> come to the garage. I basically, yeah. Welcome I, to the magical garage. There, there was a point where I took that Hi, room over. I'm Rob. It, this is my garage. Have a seat. Swinging from doors. Is there something was, you would like? <laughs> Open this door. I don't think it was that calm. It was <laughs> yeah. more like, you need to take this and do it now. And then walk away and find out that they actually did. It was a... Uh, it was it was kind of funny, but I had no idea. I had anybody else could have been. Everyone else, as far as I was concerned, was stone sober. Mm. They're just laughing. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It's a. Uh, it was a hell of an adventure. That's awesome. I, well, a, well, listen. Thank you for taking us there because I'm I'm immersed. I'm you're there. immersed. Yeah, really. I feel I'm there. I've not done I the story. So high. I have not done the story justice. I know my I anxiety is peaking. So much more I've, that I've I can got remember. Guilt. Guilt. <laughs> See, that's where anxiety. Was. I feel Do you peaceful. Have, I mean, I know that that's come up speaking to other people about this. It just never comes up with me. It just doesn't like yeah. guilt. Like this will end and I'll go on to my life again. It won't be like, this is not, this is not who I am. Like, this is not me. Like, uh, I'm not the guy. What should scare people were the fucking people sitting at a, uh, a slot machine that looked like fucking Frogger. Like they were playing Frogger <laughs> for money. At 4.30 in the morning, smoking mad cigarettes down in, in Atlantic City. And somehow what I was doing was just a tourist, and, and it, it was fine and better for it because these poor bastards were, were the 
the lowest of the low, the dregs of society, yeah. walking around casino floor vermin. That's what I referred to Big Al as at one point. <laughs> <laughs> this music's so good. With this <laughs> it's like you're speaking the gospel. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, listen. There's there, there's no time. We need to end on this high note because yeah. uh, that was an amazing uh, description, and, and I'm there. I'm there. I think uh, I'm. I'm very proud of you for like very- ma- <laughs> maintaining <laughs> ma- maintaining your your commitment and um, your authentic authenticity to more experiences to follow, folks. Only for you, All right, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. So, uh, one of the uh, the new practices that we're going to do is uh, kind of go around the room and, and pick outro music. And since Sean had to to head out a little early, uh, we're going to give him the honors of choosing his song and what he so appropriately found is a song by David Bowie called "Be My Wife." So, I nice. hope you enjoyed. Episode five. This was quite the trip. You know, we started <laughs> with old school hip hop and we no ended with intended. This David was Bowie. A, this was 100% music, huh? Pretty yeah, much. It was a lot. Oh, damn, nice. Till next time. Later. Bye-bye. Sorry.